All right, I'm gonna count us in. For the f well, I didn't do it every time. I'm gonna pretend I did. For the 500th time, I'm gonna count us in. You probably yeah, you've done it for other times too. Yeah, yeah. So you've must done be it for at least supplementals and and uh, enough other stuff. For at least uh, just over half thousand times, let me count backwards from five really loudly. You, you should five. do like one, two, three, four, five, just to really fuck with it. Okay, get ready. One, two, three, four, five. What the fuck's going on down there? Hello and welcome to episode 500 of WTF at TFW. That's all. Bye. Nah, I'm kidding. Uh, hi, Aaron. Welcome to your 250th episode of Let's Just Pretend the Supplementals Aren't There and uh, Stick with the Things yeah, or, That Are Numbered. Or the times that it was in Odd or Numbered the, on a show or yeah. any of the other things. Yeah. Uh, TJ, welcome to, again, let's just round it to 250 times of saying, Hi, how you doing? I'm sure it's close enough to that, give or take. Oh, it's over. It's over that because I'm I'm leaving out every time we've ever had things where we're like, let's talk about new episodes of shows. Let's have a supplemental. Let's talk about a movie because I didn't number those. So whatever. <laughs> um, we uh, we don't really have anything special to do for this episode because we also have an entire toy fair to talk about. Plus, Aaron and TJ in the last week got things that were on display at toy fair. Uh. But I did want to take a moment to... We got a listener question in that was so very specifically episode 500, and I decided that, you know, we're allowed to pat ourselves on the back once in a while. So I wanted to read this listener question, which came in from Snowcat, uh, who says, Hello, Evangelist and Aaron and TJ, you lovely fellows. As a member of the LGBTQIA community and someone who's had some tough moments dealing with that in this fandom, I'd like to say how much I appreciated your discussion about inclusivity in 498. It was brimming me with compassion and positivity, but also not shying away from just how awful exclusion can be. It probably wasn't the easiest discussions to have, but I think that you did a really great job in sending out a supportive message, and it truly made my day. In this very episode, Evangelist cited the show as being well past its heyday. I find it ironic, since as a long-time listener, for me, this is one of your defining episodes, and hearing one of your funniest stories told again, that of Aaron's doppelganger, as well as the story of your mysterious editor, was just a lovely piece of icing on the cake. And I want to I want to throw in there that, like... Uh, that that story actually wasn't my doppelganger. My doppelganger is an entirely different person. Yeah, so, yeah, Aaron, so Aaron has an imposter and a doppelganger. Yes, they're, they're two separate things, <laughs> both of which... Very weird. Aaron's doppelganger is actually really cool. Because Aaron's yeah. doppelganger just says, hey, what's up? I look like you. Uh, Aaron's yeah. doppelganger doesn't then go you know, to random Toys R Us and saying, hi, I'm Aaron from WTF and TFW. Or at least he should, but he doesn't as far as I know. Uh, but yeah, I forgot about the doppelganger thing. But no, I, I wanted to say, after I finished like editing that episode, I was like, no, you know what? That was actually a really fun episode. I liked, I liked how it sounded. I, I ended up listening through more of it than I usually do right now uh, when I'm editing. And uh, as a result, I trimmed out a lot more uhs and ums, which no one knows because, you know, I'm so good at it. Is that why my audio keeps stepping on yours? Yeah, that's because you just start talking when I'm... So There's the, the, the sort of a natural cadence where I'm like, is he talking over me? But then I go to the end of when you talk and when I start talking again. And I'm like, no, no, that was just us kind of umming over each other at the start to account for Skype lag, which is what we still call it. Even though we're not... For VoIP lag. Uh, which is what it's called Voip now. lag. Not as smooth. Not as smooth a statement. No, I mean, I kind of like the idea of Skype living on as a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't know anyone who's like wanting to step up for Skype's defense. So uh, we'll just roll with that. But yeah, I, I agree. I thought that actually 498 was a really solid episode, and 499 as well. Uh, going through Toy Fair with Seth, and you know, after doing this for about a, just under a decade, uh, kind of just knowing like you know how to how to cartwheel through you know what is always a towering mass of information uh, at a at a Transformers Toy Fair nowadays. Um, I, I was actually feeling very re-energized by the last two recordings. So, uh, you know, you, you two guys, don't screw this one up, all right? Give me a hat trick. This is, this is on you. No pressure. <laughs> um, so, anyway, the question continues. As you now reach the incredible milestone of 500, I want you to know how much you are appreciated and still a brilliant show and one of the most compelling, entertaining, and positive podcasts of any pop culture fandom. Evangelist, please do pass on my congratulations to the lovely Seth as well. So, uh, thank you very much, uh, Snowcat. That is extremely kind of you to say. Uh, and, uh, when, when I say past the heyday, like, I think I said it back then, but I'll, I'll clarify, like, I feel like there was a, a more excited rush of what can we do with this podcast, um, early on. And I just, I don't think it's a bad thing that I feel that sort of ebbed away. Cause I, th I think now this podcast is a lot more just of a comfortable thing that we slip into every couple weeks for you guys, at least for me, it's like every week. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Well, I mean, there was a time where at conventions we'd be friggin' killing ourselves trying to record a thing like an hour and a half every night and try and get interviews or something else and do all of this stuff. And it we don't have that sort of like like heartfelt panic. We don't have we adrenaline. Have to, like, <laughs> like we got to do like ninety things today. Well, why? Because that's what we did last mm -hmm. time. Yeah. I uh, I think that it's actually a positive statement to say that losing that like freakish adrenalized drive to make massive events out of everything, but also the fact that losing that didn't make us want to stop doing the podcast is a testament mm -hmm. to how much fun I have still doing this thing. Uh, yeah, I will. Admit, I don't miss the days of trying to come up with skits for intermission or trying to get voice actors to welcome everyone to the podcast. Yeah, you know, or or even like, you know, we've talked about it many times, but feeling like, oh man, I don't have anything for what we got this week. I'm going to go buy a, a piece of garbage so I can talk about it. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I guess that, that heyday did have a more negative connotation uh, than than uh, maybe I was thinking. But that's that's more or less what I mean, is we're now just a very comfortable podcast. <laughs> like, I'm not having a heart attack about not having some massive podcast event ready to go for episode 500. Also because the 10th anniversary is actually like episode 520. Um, at least if you go by there being 52 weeks every year. And then I think that varies slightly when you get to a decade. So I need to actually yeah. go check a date. But I, I haven't done that yet. Uh, I do have some ideas in mind. I just don't know. Uh, it, it's, it's not that hard. You go to... WTF at TFW Transformers Podcast on the TFW 2005 boards. Well, okay, well, you I just can, typed that in, and it's a Google search. So you, you can't, you can, you know, sort by by start date, and you go back well, and you see that the first click. episode was WTF at TFW episode one, posted by Tony Bacala, July 29th, 2008. We have until July to worry about that? Okay, never mind. Yeah. I'm friggin' relaxed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Procrastination. Jeez. We'll just, oh, don't even worry about it. Just take these pants right back off. If there's one thing I haven't <laughs> learned in the last 10 years, it's how to not do what you just described. 
Oh, yeah. it's February. We have it till July 28th. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it might as well be in 10 years. I don't have to worry. You know what? July, Chris has to worry about that. I'm February. That's a whole two seasons away. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> June, Chris is going to be going, oh, crap. Oh, no. <laughs> no June, Chris, June, Chris is going to be super happy because June, Chris is going to be like, I'm the last one who doesn't have to care. <laughs> it's July, Chris. is going to be like, what did all you mother... What did you all do? What did you yeah, do but, since February? But, but April, April, Chris was selling people on... We were going to have, like, banners and a party, and somebody needed to, like, rent a hall. That's because freaking oh, April, April, Chris is a dick. Because April, Chris is always yeah. like, April Fools! For, like, uh, an entire month. Uh, so, yeah, I look forward to July. <laughs> Whatever it is that we have... <laughs> Man, I'm going to forget that date like four more times before July. That's <laughs> uh, no, good, because we'll get to refine this bit now. Yeah, you know, every every couple weeks, get ready for us to do this bit. Uh, it's going to be fresh. You know, every podcast is someone's first episode. So buckle your seatbelts. There's also a listener question here. Uh, reads, uh, I do have a question. Uh, can you make G1 Blue Streak into an interesting character? There you go. A tough one. Anyway, hope you all have a wonderful day. Kind regards, Lily Snowcat. So I was thinking about this because originally I was like, no, he had a whole episode. He was a gambler. And I was like, no, that's Smokescreen. That's not Blue Streak. Yeah. What did Blue Streak ever do? He's he's the middle sibling. Yeah, he palled around with Prowl for a few episodes and got a little bit mouthy here and there, but that's about it. So he's he's like the he's like where Skids is the bottom tier. He's the guy who gets to tell Skids what to do. Yeah, yeah. All right, because I had an easy answer for this if he ha- if he never actually did it in season two. Because I I don't remember a lot of season two because IMO season two is the worst season of G one. Uh, it also has like the most episodes, so it still has great episodes. But I don't remember any of it. Uh, I was just going to say, go with his, make him an interesting character, give him episodes where he talks his way into trouble and then has to talk his way out of trouble. Because that, that was the whole point of his name, right? Like, back in the Marvel he, Comics he talks bios. talks up a blue streak, yeah. right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's why it didn't matter that he wasn't blue. But, you know, when you're a kid, you, you don't really make that connection as easily. Uh, but, yeah, but everyone he, swears that they had a blue one. Yeah, oh, yeah. because it's they saw in the name. Yeah. Yeah, and in 1997, they turned on their Netflix search engine and then saw a picture of a blue blue streak. And I was like, no, I had that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my idea is very simple and very flat like that. TJ, do you have any other ideas for, for making G1 blue streak interesting? Uh, a very mouthy blue streak gets shot in the throat and has to uh, express himself through interpretive dance. All right. He dances I, a blue streak. I thought streak. you were going to say radio clips and be like... Uh, I hate to say it, they've already you know, done no, that. No, no, Michael no. Bay ripped off. Who, who would ever do that? <laughs> they ripped off G1 Blue Streak for this stupid movie. This will never make it. <laughs> Ten years later. I just uh, like the idea of someone who can't speak but is really known for speaking trying to do something to get some kind of idea across for a really long time. Oh, you mean Large. like Deadpool in that one movie? Large signboards. No, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I don't think he tried to get anything across. I think he just quietly suffered through that role, thinking like, "No, no, just I can see in the future. Yeah. <laughs> Give me eight or nine years, and we'll we'll fix this." Uh, Aaron, did you have any any ideas for Blue Streak? No, I had one more. I, I, again, I, I was sitting there trying to think. Like, I, I I had to pull up his his wiki page, 
and like i guess he's even been in the recent comics but like as a third stringer behind a bunch of people i believe he's a lost light third stringer and um, he is yeah he's one of the uh the mutineers yeah yeah and like everything else i just sure so mm. okay he's mostly known for for being not the toy that you think he is and he's mostly known for looking kind of like prowl it's like what if we make those his characteristics he's tired a everyone keeps mistaking him for prowl and then b everyone keeps calling him blue streak because of how he talks but he keeps going like no my name is silver streak blue streak is that guy and he points and there's nothing there so like the whole episode is like he's the only one who can see the actual autobot named blue streak who is blue and it's like i don't know make it some story and end it on some note of like blue blue streak is like listen and, and then there's actually the blue blue streak and he's like no nah, guys it's me oh hey you and he's and silver no, no, streak who we think of blue streak is just like no but i'm the guy no 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 he that's the thing he wants people to actually remember his name is silver streak and he keeps pointing at blue blue streak but blue blue streak such a mysterious you know entity no one ever actually sees him he's always just out of eye shot except silver streak and in the end it's like blue blue streak's like listen i'm an agent of change from blah 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 and you can see me because guess what you actually have the skills to something something and this is a very important duty that you have to carry my name and maintain my cover so blue blue streak is actually like a deep triple deep cover agent and silver streak almost through complete chance is the one who's maintaining that cover for him by being him it's kind of like at the end of metal gear solid 5 the phantom pain I won't okay. drop any spoilers there, but it's kind of like yeah, that. I, I know what you, I know what you're talking about. His 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 code name is Venom Streak, Venom Punished Streak. That's what that you know. He's got two of those little horns sticking out of his head because he's one of the Datsuns. Okay. Uh. Anyway. Well, well, no, no. He's still got the horns, but they're broken off and jammed into his skull. Well, except that that was actually a fragment of a bomb that came out of someone's like. Uh, where did the actual bomb come out of? Was it the uterus? Or what, I can't remember because there were two bombs. You're... There were two bombs, and the piece of one, the one that they didn't take out got lodged in his head. Um, don't I, I hear some listeners laughing or you know sighing or rolling their eyes? You know, you're gonna re- you're gonna regret your thoughts and deeds. Okay. Uh, I was just thinking about Metal Gear the other day. So this is all very fresh in my head, just in time for us to talk about Toy Fair 2018. Now, we're using the same more or less topic list that I used with Seth. Uh, I added in a link to the Wonderfest pictures because there is some pertinent stuff in there. And I know there are some things I was wondering about on that Saturday that have since been solved. But uh, before we uh, go into the specific lines, just going from the info dump. like I, I cited some tweets from TFU Info. Since then, TFU Info has posted the audio of the entire Q&A session with the Hasbro team about Transformers. Um in which a lot of the, that info was being paraphrased from. But uh, in case you had forgotten, uh, the fan vote is very specifically for a pair of figures, not for two individual figures. Um, there's going to be a new generation's trilogy called the War for Cybertron trilogy, which ties into that fan vote. Uh, and it sounds like the Unicron event in IDW is going to be a sort of soft reboot, which is unsurprising. I had a feeling it was going to be that this whole time. Um and uh, I'm just hoping it's going to be more of a Death of Optimus Prime style reboot than a 
uh, know, something worse. Where they, I, I'm mostly worried that they're going to end up having a whole lot of characters getting killed to make Unicron look cool. Uh, which, when it's Unicron, even though it seems like the natural thing to do, I also feel it's unnecessary, because you can just create entire worlds to job out to him, mm-hmm. rather than having characters get sacrificed. <laughs> but, yeah, um, it's called it's called Lithone. We've been there. Yeah, I mean, the preview for Unicron number one is out, and it starts with some world in a pretty dire state uh, get getting uh, aforementionedly jobbed to Unicron. Since, since you guys actually have more of a, a connection with the comics in the last few years, how do you feel about this, this Unicron event like dj um are you expecting to like are you expecting uh worry out of this or are you feeling okay about it going in i'm kind of concerned because there's a lot in idw that i think is very beautiful very well crafted and things i want to see continue or picked up again and i don't want that getting flushed just because oh new readers expect you know decepticon megatron and a very a very uh Power hungry Starscream as an underling. Like, I, I don't want to recycle. I, I worry when, it, when like, soft reboot or just the word reboot gets thrown about. Because, on the one hand, it's Unicron. It's hard to go up from there event wise in Transformers. Or, or at least, like, y- Unicron showing up is probably going to have a level of impact akin to the chaos event that ended phase one. Like, it's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's probably the end of phase two of IDW, and that's probably been the plan since a year ago. It's just, um, there's a lot of stuff I don't want the reboot to cost us just because they need things to be closer to status quo so new readers can pick it up. So there are clues. First, this is a theory I saw bounced by Chris McFeely, but then we got we got this really solid clue now. So the next the next trilogy they're doing for the toys is called War for Cybertron, and they 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 did a little Q and A about the choices for that vote, where they mentioned that if the Wheeljack two pack gets picked, this would be the first time Wheeljack's alt mode from the first episode of G one would be rendered as a toy, that being his Cybertronian alt mode. Which, going by Chris McFeely's idea that War for Cybertron might just be, what if we shift the timeline back to the war without altering the events since then? Uh, kind of like the ROM versus Transformers miniseries did, of just sort of taking place not in the quote-unquote present time. That might be what this all means as well. Um, which which I'm fine with because that is not... No, that's not... That's not um, messing with stuff. Like, like, you can't move the timeline forward and have Megatron and Starscream as they were in G1 in IDW. That would be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. There's no good way to write that uh, whatsoever, like as far as I'm concerned. So if you no, want to no, have no, stories no. with them Everybody like that... Everybody gets amnesia. Well, we... No, we had that. <laughs> it's called it's called Superlink. It was terrible. <laughs> oh, God. Everybody Everybody gets robo-amnesia. Yeah, what, yeah, yeah, what if not, we mind wipe everyone? <laughs> mind wipes just perking up. My time has come. Yeah, I had a toy. <laughs> I'm relevant. Mind wipe reboots the whole universe. He's the only one who remembers the past. You know what? I mean, if we freaking flashpoint it like that, like that would be at least interesting for a year, maybe. <laughs> Mind wipe just standing there. No more Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, like like. I'm I'm just hoping it, like that that idea is sound to me in that it preserves the continuity and it means that you know if they end up wanting to to jump forward for a story or two it's all sitting there. Um, Aaron, uh, I know that you're you're a bit behind on the comics, but like, how are you feeling about potentially the end of the current phase? I mean, up? so I could see for IDW at least if they have Unicron come in and 
attack Cybertron or or threaten Cybertron. Ends up in the whatever neighborhood, and that's the next thing on his on his lunch list. That 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 is like no spoilers really, but that is like the story. Is he's yeah. the 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 blurb is he appears to be heading straight for Cybertron and Earth. Uh, and so the question is why, and the, the the answer to why he's heading for Cybertron is answered at the end of uh, uh, ah, what was it? Not revolution. Was it revolution? The event? Oh, yeah, revolution. Okay. That that ends with the triggering of the Unicron protocol or whatever it would you would call it, which is like it very clearly it's like yes, he's going to Cybertron. <laughs> so, so having it be something where, um, depending on if if or how the comics are going to roll into War for Cybertron. I could see it be I could see it being a not bad thing. I mean, you can use that as a new reason that everybody either has to get along or everybody starts fighting each other because screw you, I think we need to combat Unicron. No, screw you. I think we need to just like let Cybertron go. You know, it's it's a planet, it's mm-hmm. our home planet, but this is like unstoppable force territory and how about we just save people instead of sacrifice a bunch of this thing and so you could end up with it either being hey a new way that everybody comes together in order to go after the bigger threat or a reason to have conflict in and amongst each other and either one of those things could maybe be a war for cybertron but those those ideas work for me but in ways that don't do what i'm sure the bigger intent is is to make the comics feel more accessible to another right. like you know five years later right. audience because I'm like no that works if you have friggin like you know Starscream sees his moment and it's not Starscream turns back into G1 Starscream it's Starscream becomes the leader he's always meant to be right or friggin like Megatron shows up from the Functionist universe with like an army of friggin disciples to go like no nah, we're gonna stop him don't worry we got like all the villains are gonna show you know the quote unquote villains mm-hmm. from nostalgia are in perfect positions to be the heroes of that story <laughs> which I, I feel like wouldn't be the intention um, on an editorial level with the current editorial uh, I'd right. like to be wrong of course <laughs> but again it, it's also gonna be one of those things that's uh you know, a difference between um, an IDW really hasn't terribly been doing it of the comics trying to follow other things. Mm. Like it seems like the comics uh, have been doing their own thing quite well. Oh yeah. The, the way they presented the nature of Unicron so far uh, is, was actually, I was surprised how much I was into it. Cause I was like, Oh, you actually put like a little twist on this that makes me way more interested in what's otherwise like one of the most now boring plot ideas to bring up. Um, the, the twist on Unicron in this, at least from the end of revolution is kind of, kind of neat. I I thought it was sort of cool. Um, in that it's, it seems like they're, they're not doing the old, like, you know, he's the, the sibling planet to Cybertron thing. Um, so I'm really interested to see how that one shot plays out, uh, to fill in some more gaps. But I know that the biggest worry is really just that the universe as it is, is is in a position that I and a lot of other people really like it. And I, I think that Talalar 1 made the current universe so ripe for little one-off stories, and that is the thing that I feel we're going to lose at the end of this. And I, I'm, I'm like, okay with it, but it bums me out uh, in, in a sense. And I'm also terrified that Talalar 1 is going to feed a lot of the necessary body count by having all the colony worlds, and I'm like... That's not what I want to read. Like, the only colony world uh, I want to read about coming to an end is Carcer, because that's set up to be a, a really cool, like, three to five part story. 
which I doubt we're going to get, but you know, fingers crossed. Um, but as far as like the whole universe, I'm just I'm just hoping that like all the good things that they're doing that have brought in so many new readers, uh, like a lot of inclusivity stuff, doesn't also get tossed to the wayside in a soft reboot. And I I would be very optimistically, I admit, I'd be very surprised if it did, because that is part of the reason why a lot of folks even got into the entire franchise through the books. And I, I would assume mm-hmm. that a great deal of the comic readership is is from the phase two stuff that moved all that forward so well. So, um, you know, I got I got I feel like it's going to it's it's not going to be the happiest thing either way, but. As long as that stuff, like I think I said on Twitter, as long as we're not going to be sitting here two years later going like, man, remember inclusivity, that IDW phase two thing? Yeah. You know, as long as we're not looking back on it as a gimmick of one set of comics, then it's still going to be moving forward in a decent way. I just I just hope that stuff doesn't get relegated to being a gimmick because then a good chunk of your new leadership, your leadership, your new readership are all going to take off. Uh, a lot of people are pretty ready to go like, listen, if this turns into a G1, like bunch of manly robots fighting fest in comic book form, that's that's uninteresting and I'm out. Uh, and I don't blame them because also that those kind of stories are the least interesting to read in comic form. They're way better to, to watch as cartoons <laughs> or, or uh, you know, live action movies. Um, anyway, the, the other stuff from that call uh, that I thought were interesting is the studio series. Uh it's it's it seems like the linchpin on the studio series are is going to be robot mode scale, which is a really cool choice to make, in my opinion, that they're like, come hell or high water, the robot modes will scale the way we want them to. Uh, in at Wonderfest, they had a scale chart up with like, a, you know, a, a line going across and everything uh, that also explains why now that they're in hand uh, stuff like like wave one bumblebee, why they're so tiny. Because uh, I was taken aback. Let me let me tell you when I saw those first photos. Like, you, I mean, TJ, spoilers. You have Bumblebee. Um, yeah, I was very double taking when I saw how small he was in comparison photos, mm-hmm. and then I realized, like, no, wait. If it's if robot mode scale is the baseline of this whole line, leader toys aren't going to get bigger, so everyone else is going to have to get a little smaller. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I was like, all right, I get it now. That, you know, I'm not going to, like, defend it to, to the death. I'm not going to die on the hill, but at least, like, there's I feel like there's a sound reasoning. Um, TJ, now, since you have some of them in hand, like, how do you feel about that being the base, like, I guess, like, design statement for a lot of those toys? This is where I really wish they were willing to actually have a separate price point because Bumblebee himself, I'll say, like, he does not feel like 20 bucks at all. Like, not even remotely close. And like, I, I I have one question: How much of that is the vastly reported shoddy build quality? <laughs> well, I feel like he's so small that his parts, by nature, can't be as solid as they should be, because he's okay. relying on a lot of hinges that are just friction, no pins, and no real solid points. A lot are translucent <laughs> plastic that flexes more than solid. So you've got a lot of parts on. Like I took him out of the box and without even trying to transform him three pieces fell off yeah i mean i i've i know that it's not the case for everyone obviously but like i have heard a lot of reports of like this is a really cool toy that is not holding itself together uh is kind of like the if i take everything 
uh, that I've heard and kind of yeah. turn into a broad stroke mm -hmm. statement. That's what it sounds like. Is it's really cool engineering, uh, and the tolerances are are all over the place. <laughs> I need to transform him a couple more times. I thought the engineering was way too. I, I thought I thought it was way too convoluted for the size of the toy and the price point. But that might also just be I was having so much trouble keeping the parts together yeah. when I was turning him into a car for the first time that I just got fed up with it. Yeah, and it, it certainly, like, I think it would have been cool if they could have had, like, a, I would call it, like, a deluxe minus price point. Like, fifth, like uh, he's 20 bucks, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, if he was 15, would you have felt better? Very much so. Yeah. I would, I would feel better if he was 15. Or I would feel better if for twenty he came with more stuff, like added accessories or swappable heads, something, anything. Or like metal you know, metal his... pins instead of the friction hinges, for instance. Yeah. Um, I'm what I'm curious like, I, about. I, like I understand, I understand scale, but I need something to balance out the price a little bit. I'm yeah. really curious how the April release of of Wave One is going to feel by comparison. I because because everything that I've heard described about that that like preview wave one they put up sounds a lot like what a lot of third party companies go through when they try to get something out right before Chinese New Year, and given the timing of those toys, I want and the scale of their production, I wonder if a similar thing happened, uh, where there there wasn't as much like you know on on the floor uh, quality control. Um, we'll never know because no one's gonna ever say that happened, <laughs> but. I want to know what they look like I mean, in April. Yeah. No, I mean, feeling all four of the first wave, I'll tell you, that's I, I could kind of see some credit to that theory. Hmm. Yeah, I it, I feel a lot better about not like jumping the gun on them because <laughs> also shipping them uh, to Canada is a butt. Um, I, I tested it. Uh, no matter what you order, uh, it would end up it would be 50 US dollars shipping and customs up front. And so I was like, well, you know, if I order two of everything, that ends up being a couple bucks less than retail, but then I have to find someone willing to pay that for the second set that I bought. And I don't want to do I don't want to deal with any of this. <laughs> I'm going mm -hmm. to go back to bed on Saturday afternoon. Um, what were we talking about? Excuse me, Aaron, uh, how do you feel about the robot mode scale basis yeah, for that? So, that like, I like the concept of that very much. Um, but the biggest thing is looking through uh, some of the slides. There's the one with Lockdown standing next to Jazz, and okay, Lockdown was a little bit taller than Jazz's would have been, maybe okay. But then you see just like the scale difference in the alt modes, and hmm. it's like, uh, is there no way that we could have like stretched one out or or buffed up Jazz a little bit because? That difference is is bonkers. Like jazz didn't is... jazz turn into a kind of plump car? I always forget because he was only in the one movie. But I remember his alt yeah. mode was actually yeah kind of kind of plump. His alt mode was I mean <clears throat> it was a full size or not a full size. It's a two door sporty car. But in comparison to the the um because it was what a Pontiac Solstice. Blah, that sounds familiar. That was the name. That was the name that came across my mind. Yes, and then seeing it sitting next to a Lamborghini, like Lamborghinis are, are I mean they're generally maybe a little bit wider set cars, but not this difference. Mm -hmm. And so, like, then it's a thing that I have to roll back to. Like, did they have? Uh, 
okay, this is the scale that it was in in the movie, and nobody paid attention to to that somewhere along the way. Like, I, th- I think it's just that they went like, in order to get the robot to the scale that we want, this is what has to happen to the car, and the robot is going to be the priority. Right, right, and I understand that, but it's like, is I, I guess in my mind, it's okay. What set these sizes? Because I mean, obvious. I mean, heck, you even look at the difference between the width of the Lamborghini and the size of Optimus Prime's semi truck in the same image where they're all sitting there. And I know that Prime's Ooh. a Voyager, and but Lockdown stands almost up to Prime. Uh, man, I don't know. It, it's it's the the ever devolving thing of hey, toys have to fit in categories for sales. Like I, th- I think Prime, it's like on, Prime on top loses of that. Prime loses a lot of mass becoming a robot, where Lockdown picks up a lot of mass becoming yeah. a robot. I, th- I think it's it- just that on on top of price points, it's also that like no matter what happens, the first thing like you know I think we we're, we have a question about this coming up in a few episodes, but uh, it's like all right, here's your price points, but also no matter what happens, we're designing the robots first. You right, know, like we're we're going into this with robot height being bullet point one. Yeah, and, and so everything's a reaction from like, that. I guess I look at it as an aviation engineer a little bit of like, I wonder if it's something that like way early on in designs, lol, like before the first movie, they should have had okay, each robot has a mass budget. This is how much. Yeah. This is how much a Pontiac Solstice weighs, and this is how much. Uh, a f- semi truck weighs. This is how much an F thirty five weighs. Like the things that weigh comparable should be sized comparable, not this Lambo that's almost the same size as a Kenworth semi truck that is also somehow a little bit smaller than a friggin' fighter jet. You put find an image of a jet sitting next to a car. They're not comparable. In yeah. any stretch of the imagination. Granted, this is Transformers and mass shifting, and what am I arguing about? I, but... I always felt like, like in movie one, they were thinking about that, but in a very uh, a numberless way of just like, mm-hmm. what if this thing becomes this thing, and we're going to get this across. I always felt like movie two, and at least a little bit of movie three, actually thought about that, and then come movie four and five... All ideas of mass shifting were were just pulled right in. All ideas of mass inclusion were brought out or thrown out because you had basically it's it's the movie four or five Optimus Prime design is is the mm-hmm. one that communicates it. Where like you know that, now there are two third parties who are figuring out how to make that work better, but their ideas are based on what you see in the movie where the truck like the arms fold out of the front nose of that truck and then a robot just gets vomited out the middle of the truck. Yeah, and then the truck that's puking out the robot gets sucked into the robot's spine, and there you go. <laughs> uh, actually, this is reminding me. Do you do you guys remember the O seven movie novelizations for kids? Not like the straight novelization, but like the kids books where the author writing it hadn't they hadn't shown the author how any of the transformations were going to work. So the author wrote the transformations as being like like paragraph long transformations that were utterly ridiculous, like like getter robo ridiculous of like the the truck grew a tiny pair of arms which then ballooned in size as a, as the grill shrunk before my eyes and then it <laughs> fell into Optimus Prime's left eye socket or something like that like they 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 described it in very rubberized anime terms <clears throat> 
Uh, just trying to think of anything else from the interview that was really pertinent, but the scale thing, I think, was, was a huge one. Oh, someone did bring up stickers during that interview. Uh, and I thought that that was important. The first reaction to someone mentioning stickers, they were very, the, the, I recall the language used was extremely tentative and polite. And then one of the Hasbro guys said, oh, you're the guy, aren't you? And then everyone laughed. Um, so they know. They, they mentioned they do read the forums and they're aware. The, the thing is, the Hasbro team right now is very media trained. So... Mm-hmm. Any answer they give uses only positive language and frames whatever they're describing as a victory. So, and that's not the designers being scum. That is just the media training they've got working at the publicly traded company they're working at. Um, and what they said is, <laughs> what I'll translate is it sounds like there aren't going to be any stickers in the next trilogy for generations. So it sounds like stickers are done. And, it, and they also said... All flat plastic colors. Well, they, they also said, we've already designed the rest of Power of the Prime, so that's all kind of locked in. So I, that, to me, says yeah. there are still going to be stickers. for And that makes sense. It's like, sure, you're already done with that, with that line. However, it very much, they gave an extremely long answer <laughs> where they, the phrasing was stuff like, War for Cybertron is going to have, you know, we like to change things up. It's going to have a very different visual take uh, than what you're getting right now. And it was all this really complex way to say I'm about 80% sure that there won't be stickers in War for Cybertron. <laughs> like, we'll see. But that's the answer that I, I detected. It took some translating. <laughs> it took it took two listens. But I'm pretty sure that's what they said. <laughs> uh, and boy, do I feel for the, for the media training they went through. Um, the, the amount of words they have to remember to say to say anything uh, is is impressive. <laughs> Um, there's like there's also a whole lot of like when you ask a question relating to design often it's like well you know man it's real great working with everyone not only here but also over in Japan at Takara Tomy and it's like it's like every answer that's vaguely behind the scenes always has to have this full paragraph in front uh, mm-hmm. and because it's recorded because any shareholder can go listen to it like they have to say it you know you can't you, you can't wink and nod going like no listen I know what you got to get through but if you just give me the info because like you know then they'll get in trouble because uh, that's the way that it, that big-ass corporation works. Um, but I don't think there's anything else from that interview I can think of. Uh, <clears throat> there's one other really big piece of news we should talk about, um, so I'll just quickly mention that, which is the cinematic universe is over! Uh, it sounds like, I mean, we all predicted this when Last Night did not make, what, it was like Last Night only made like $2 billion as opposed to $4 billion. Uh, God. But uh, we we were pretty sure that they were going to rejig something, and the Bumble movie was already in the works. That wasn't really going to get affected. But it does sound like uh, you know Transformers Six is off the table for now, and they are going to just sort of. I, I think they're really going to just react to however Bumblebee is taken by the general public. But um, Aaron, how do you feel about uh, the, this era <laughs> coming to a close? Um, ten years, yeah, ten years of movies. I... <sighs> I'm not distraught. Shoot, shoot the injured animal. Yeah, <laughs> let put it out of its misery. Is that how I felt? movie <laughs> like movie four? Who uh, movie five? Yeah. Movie five is what killed it for me. Movie four, I was like, you know what? 
you you you, you changed enough if this is how it's gonna be cool and then i mm-hmm. went to movie five and then friggin' yeah. josh Duhamel is on screen for for like 18 scenes of slowly getting ready to do stuff looking like the military even though he's technically not i yeah. guess uh and i was like no you yeah. killed it you killed every momentum that you set up in movie four with this I, I yeah I went through in movie four going okay I think you're learning I see room that you've been proved John Goodman's kind of fun yeah and then all that went away yeah and also movie four it was like you know this is a colossal mess with two act threes but at least it's a linear line through a four act three act movie and then movie five is the one where like yeah we have a writer's room and we smashed a bunch of scripts together and I was like wow that's almost worse than the writing process that didn't exist for Revenge of the Fallen. Because that means you actually had people come up with good ideas and then ruin them by smashing them all together. Uh, this is this is not good. So, yeah. I'm, TJ, it sounds like... Hey, what about like what about this complex story we have where Unicron is actually the planet Earth itself? Yeah, I'll roll that in. The Transformers have to... Yeah, the Transformers have to... Have to have, have to fight their greatest enemy, but also try to save the planet that he's surrounded by. And someone went, "Sure, that's good, but what about Merlin?" Yeah, so that would be twenty five percent of the movie. But we got this other script, and it'll be the other twenty five percent. And then uh, we'll use the elements plus the plot background of these two scripts, and that'll be the other fifty percent. Then we have a whole movie. Yeah, twenty five plus twenty five plus fifty equals one hundred. It's how it's how math works. Uh, TJ, I didn't think you would be very broken up about this news about the the current cinematic universe being over. There is something very weird to me. It's like, Oh, this, this movie, this movie is the first one who didn't make enough money to buy a third world country. Okay. Time to end it. The the reasoning is hilarious and very indicative of the state of blockbuster media in general. And it, you know, (laughs) Oh, it only made this many six to seven digits of, of profit. Yeah. Darn. Yeah, we can only we can only afford a dozen jets this year. Great, um, but also like you know, I think I think that there was like I, I'll be the first to say there's plenty about the now we can say it the old movies uh, that I liked, but there's also plenty about the old movies that does not carry ten years of movies. Uh, and, no. and also, all of them being directed by the same guy, by movie three, clearly had become this huge ceiling on whatever we were going to see. So th- this is really only uh, a boon. Uh, the downside is that yeah. like, if the Bumblebee movie does not do well, maybe Transformers will have less money for a few years. But, you know, I, I think we, we were fans before Transformers <sighs> had the money, so I don't feel that worried. Yeah, I think uh, that the things that a new movie universe needs to do, and I'm afraid that they've got the wrong idea with their, like, talking about their Hasbro cinematic universe. Oh, that's not gonna, that's not happening as far as I, uh, like, the, all those dates, 2020 to 2021 are all dates. Someone yeah. said it on Twitter, and I, I keep parroting this, those are all dates that you can just erase by next year and no one will care right. or remember. But what, what, I, like, what, what I'm going <laughs> at is write a good story. And even if like it's the crappiest CGI. There's still a good story in there. I think like mm-hmm. yeah. we could go and look at any of the movies that we've had issue with and yeah, sure, the robots made of knives thing and bad cinematography is on on fights and whatnot where like you don't understand what's going on. 
that wasn't always great for the movies, but like when it was still a good story, it was still a good story. And you can and, and, appreciate that. And we that. ended up yeah. making up. We we were making up a good bulk of the good story that kept us all in the movies. Right. Like, let's let's so, lay it out so there. So I like think we... <laughs> if if for like the Bumblebee movie maybe has a chance with that, uh, but for any future stuff, hopefully they're able to like take a real good step back and say like, okay, Bay did good things for us. Show them the door. Fine. Or, or no, he did. He fine. he made us lots of money. Yeah, is what he did. That, that's lots of money is good things. <laughs> I yeah, mean, that's uh, that's all I'm saying here. Um, I, th- I think I think the Bumblebee movie is in a nice place in that even what like when it was being made before and after this decision, it seemed like it was being made to be an experiment of a, a very standalone live yeah. action Transformers movie, and and so yeah. I, I'm. I'm quietly hopeful that there's going to be at least some cool stuff in there, and and maybe even in the editing, maybe at one point the editing was trying to replicate the Michael Bay look, and maybe during editing they were told, hey, you don't have to do this anymore, Yeah, and maybe it'll be for the better. Yeah. I feel like the Bumblebee movie has the chance to actually deliver something different for Mm -hmm. once. Not only because we are dealing with a different director, but also because it's a much more limited cast so you can't have the grand well we're traveling around the world to find another thing that fell from cybertron down here yeah you know, we're looking for the the sky Just boom g- shield and so bumblebee has to uh, alone yeah. drive to like <laughs> russia or something yeah <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah, five movies, and it was the same plot every single movie. Like, we were long overdue for mm-hmm. just a general, let's just siphon the planet dry by holding up a few hydroelectric plants or something. We were overdue a Autobots and Decepticons have to work together storyline. Something, anything. Like, it's a massive universe with literally anything you want to pull from the shows, the comics, or just make stuff up because, hey, alien robots from a robot planet, what what else are you going to throw in that's any more ridiculous than that? And instead, it's the same idea five times and, over. And yeah. the, the boon now that those movies have happened, like Transformers is a part of current pop culture, you know, good and bad. But it means that whatever you do, you don't really have to origin story Transformers anymore. You know, like, like I think that if even if they put out another movie in like two or three years they're not going to feel the onus to have to introduce the concept to the general public anymore. Uh, you know, they probably still will because a lot of movies, like, you know, for good and bad, a lot of movies still t- want to tell origin stories. But I feel like a new Transformers movie continuity can just roll right into a story where there are some alien robots who will explain kind of what they are in about two minutes and then get on with the actual story. Uh, we don't We don't have to really... I don't have to sit back and wait to meet this whole universe again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind if it was delivered in a more smooth way. Like, like I'm more concerned with just basic elements of the whole thing. Like, I want, I want a movie franchise where the Autobots are not more violent than the Decepticons. Yeah, that'd be a nice change. Just, just a start. <laughs> like, we're, we're gonna have the studio series uh, around for a while. We can reminisce on those Autobots for a good few years through toys. Hmm. <laughs> but like. Yeah, like I don't like I I don't want my Autobots going for the most violent kills all the time. They're supposed to be the good guys. I, I don't yeah. want I don't I don't want I don't want 
every human on the planet except like five to hate every Transformer. I would, I would be so happy to watch a live action Transformers movie where I'm not just sitting there going like, man, I wonder how they're going to body horror some innocent Decepticons because it's fun, but it also puts a massive ceiling on on like how much respect I'm giving to the film. Yeah. Uh, like I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm going to the film it's, with this sort of giddy, like I want to get my enjoyment out of this kind of feeling, and yeah, it would be nice for the Autobots to be more respectable in a live action continuity for once. Well, and more, more accepted. I got tired of seeing the good guys demonized by the human yeah. cast or the world in general. Well, that's like one of my my soft rules. If I were ever put in charge of a new movie universe, is no human military for at least three movies. Like leave them out. You know, tell stories that don't logically require the presence of human military. Or, or what if if they're the antagonists? Or, yeah, or make, make just don't do something so that showing human military does not end up taking up as much time as showing robots. You know, and other and bullet mm-hmm. point two: let the robots communicate with the cast when they're not robot form, so that you know when they're cars they can talk. Oh my and god! Have yes. friggin' hollow avatars beyond a one shot gag or something. You know, uh, mm-hmm. what, what if what if like you know going back to uh, original IDW like Phase One uh, story arc one, friggin' Ratchet's hollow avatar was borderline a, a main character interacting with Verity and, and the others. Uh, that that could be done in a film <laughs> that that yeah. lets you have a lead like actor that... lets you have a face actor play one of your robots <laughs> in a sense mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like the fact the fact that it took five movies to get an autobot to talk to a human driving them mm-hmm. uh, you know a little is, is just mind-boggling to There's me lots lots of good lessons to learn i think whenever they you know, I am sure they will do at least one more Transformers movie. If if everything goes bad, someone's still going to say we have one more shot. Let's do another movie. Uh, I almost guarantee yeah. you in, in the worst case scenario. Um, we should move on from that. Look, though. We got like we got like three more shots. I mean, they have enough money. Yeah. To like kind of take <laughs> they can they can sacrifice a couple more like barely used franchises like like in humanoids and micronauts <laughs> burn them, burn <laughs> them for their money content. <laughs> like another movie. Uh the fan vote um, happened, actually. I think it's over now, but it was uh, for three pairs. It was Impactor versus Mirage, Trax versus Needle Nose, and Spinister versus Wheeljack. Uh, it felt to me like you were making me pick between Needle Nose and Spinister uh, while watching Impactor win and Mirage get a free ride. That's what that whole vote looked like to me day one, and I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's what's going to happen. But I got to say, Needle uh, Needle Nose and Trax w- w- ended up being my choice because, the holy crap, that's... It's not like a deep cut, but to present the IDW version of those two as, you know, the the two brothers because their foreheads are slightly similar. I'm like, no, that's my that's my kind of medium level surface level cut. That's cool. Uh, thank you for making that a choice. I, you know, it's, it's probably not going to win, but I sure would have liked it too. Um, did either of you guys end up doing a, a hashtag vote somewhere? Nope. No, I uh, I only I only voted twice because I realized that you could vote on Instagram as well. So I thought, ha, I'm being clever. Then someone posted something on Twitter or someone asked on, on the Hasbro Facebook, can I vote multiple times? And they said, as long as you use the hashtag, you can vote as many times as you want. So, I, you know, <laughs> did, did you set did you set up a bot? To, no, to I didn't care anymore at that point. I, I stopped caring when I read that. Because I was like, this this seems like really, I bet you two of these two packs already are designed and are going to get made anyway. 
Uh, yeah. It's going to be the yeah. one of them is going to if, if one of them's the winner, then the winner <laughs> happened. And then the other one is going to turn out to be the runner up. And surprise! I'm just sitting here think I'm just sitting here thinking the uh, the designers all decided what bots they were going to pay for. I mean, like, I don't know, boss. It was like eight million to seven. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't I don't <laughs> Russian bots, man. They just mess with elections or something. Oh, also freaking counting hashtags. I know you can do that with with an, an automated thing, but like it just seems like it's one extra step of work beyond just having a, a poll you could click on. Because you can you can yeah. get Twitter to make you a poll, you know. Mm-hmm. Like you, mm-hmm. the, I know that hashtags are supposed to be better for SEO, but I, I don't know. Yeah, but the Twitter polls you actually see what people are voting for. No, well, you could actually get a clue of the results there. Well, I mean, if you spent if you had the right resources, you technically could do that with a public hashtag vote if you you know collect it all and shove it into a PowerPoint. A PowerPoint yeah, but it's not just yeah. like right. It's not no, just no, right it's, there. It's, it's all PowerPoint. It's it's all, it's, I don't know why I default to the PowerPoint power. there. That's that's silly. <laughs> load, the, load the numbers into PowerPoint. Count them up, intern. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, was there anything else from like the investor calls or any of that other info dump stuff that you guys really wanted to hit up or had anything to say about? Not really. Because that means we can talk about actual toys. Uh, and that means we can talk about Cyberverse, because now we know what Cyberverse looks like. And th- some actual product images have shown up. And so you know those Scout toys where we don't see the alt modes? Mm-hmm. The product images are starting to make it look like those are their alt modes. Because I, I don't have them on hand now, but like there was a shot, uh, an actual product shot of that Megatron. His upper torso doesn't seem to have anything else in it. Like, I think it just is his legs turn into tra- tank treads. And then he's, ro- like, they just turn into Gerwalk mode. I mean, I'll happily be wrong, but I saw, th- I saw that presented, and I looked at the photos, and I was like, wait a second. His arms are hollow from the outside. There's nowhere else for them to go. So, that scout class is looking way less interesting to me. But uh, the whole line seems to have a gimmick of, like, deployable weapons. There's a bunch of video clips from Toy Fair now that you can see where, like, you know, um, ultra-class Starscream with his Gaugagar missile tubes. Uh, it's like when you transform him, that also makes all the missiles come out. And that's kind of neat looking. Like, they look like cool gimmick ideas. But as far as traditional Transformer toys that just go from mode A to mode B and then have a gimmick bolted on, that seems to just mm-hmm. be the warrior class and the ultimate class. Um, and so, like I said before, Warrior Class Shockwave is kind of doing it for me. Um, and his gimmick seems pretty cool because it's just really, some just some being a weird Walker tank thing. I mean, it's not the best, but like, well, well you already have a tank with Megatron, so we have to come up with something. It's, it's like yeah, it's kind of it's kind of cool. If the if the rear legs sucked in a bit more, it would have been way cooler. But it's it's no worse than you know. He, he's gonna bend I'm, over I'm, and have a gun a gun barrel stick onto his head. <laughs> yeah, I I am very much the mindset of the robot mode looks awesome. I don't care what he turns into. And also that shoulder he he, he could turn into a moped. I would be into this toy. That, yeah, that, that 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 alt mode gun that can like flip up over his shoulder. It's got like geared flip out energy blasts, and that gimmick seems kind of cool. So I'm like, this seems like a neat shockwave. Yeah, the de- the like deploying weapon like visual thing is is very cool um the the grimlock that breathes fire and has like fire vents on his back 
yeah. it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, these, I mean, they're definitely the kids' toys. It's Rid, you know? It's, it seems like a, yeah. a, a no. more filled out Well, it, it, it seems, it seems, actually, it almost seems like it's more, um, like, between Rid and the robot heroes or whatever. Yeah, like, like so... Because it's, Rid... like, a lot of the packaging is the, like, open packaging where they're, like, tied down to the bottom in the back of the card yeah. rather than being inside of a sealed package. A lot of, a lot of the Rid gimmick toys were like that. Uh, if I recall correctly, like the three-step changers and stuff and the five-step changers. It just feels like basically wave one, they are, like, I bet you this deploying, you know, um, this 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 gimmick of deploying energy blast is going to be year one. Whereas with RID, it was like year one, they're like, I don't know, do everything. And then year two, they're like, okay, minicons, year three, combiners. So this one, I think they're going in now knowing they want to do a yearly gimmick. Um, and I expect that's what is going to happen with these. So, like, you know, next year, instead of having flip out energy blast, it'll be like, we all have a, some other thing. We all have a, a human that sits in the driver's seat and makes our wheels go vroom. Like a dynamo engine or something. Um, so, like, the, you know, the warrior class toys look neat. The, the ultimate class Optimus, I still think, looks pretty cool. You know, having seen more of him at Toy Fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Megatron's kind of bumming me out because I'm pretty sure he has no elbows. Um, and the fact that the Optimus seems to have, like, you know, a basic seven nine points of articulation and the megatron doesn't is letting me down uh the megatron gimmick is pretty funny did you guys see the video of that at all no i didn't see video so you you slide a thing for i don't it's a facebook video unicron.com took videos of everything um i don't have it ready but you see all those little geared hinges at the tip of his cannon so you you slide a thing forward Mm. and then all four tips of his cannon like they fold forward like flower petals to look like a huge energy blast coming out of the front but Whoever was given the demo just kept like jacking it forward and backwards and just made the cannon go like loop, 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 and it looked really funny. It's like the cannon was like like a grabber claw reaching out for stuff. (laughs) I really dig that gimmick though. Like, even like whether it's supposed to be like some big blast effect, which is neat in itself, or if this is like turning it from your standard cannon to like a big Energon cannon. Mm. It's it's a it's a simple unintrusive gimmick that I kind of dig. I like it because there's nothing to lose. Because mm-hmm. all the all it's not like you're you're shooting a missile or attaching a thing to it. It's like no, a thing folds out of it. Like it feels like transformation is happening in a sense that you know an effect is transforming out of the weapon. Uh, and I, that that's kind of cool. I'm I'm real sort of sad about what looks like the state of the scout class because I was really happy to see scout class written down, but. Until I see otherwise, I'm starting to get convinced that those are the alt modes, those half robot, half vehicle setups. And it's it's they kind of made it clear that uh, the the scout and ultra are going to be the just the gimmick lines. Yeah, like they're giving it the like the old name classes and the old price points, but it's just we're working the gimmick lines into this, and then you have warrior and ultimate for your two real size classes. Yeah, and I will, I'll I'll be over this by like the end of this recording. Even <laughs> it's just something that I remembered. I wanted to remember to bring up because I I didn't realize it when we did the uh, the last one. Um, but yeah, uh, TJ, is there anything else about Cyberverse that's really striking you? Anything else you wanted to highlight? I'm I'll be honest. I'm genuinely liking some of the designs here. I like that we're kind of getting more modernized uh g1 designs so like i was always worried that like 
you can kind of see with this bumblebee the the newer takes kind of override the stuff we grew up with mm-hmm. so i kind of like seeing that stuff kind of come back to the forefront uh yeah, but, it, but it also that, it already was going to because like through the evergreen authentics line uh, for the budget market so the I, I can't disagree with folks who are looking at wave one of this going like it's the friggin there's gonna be just a pile of these five designs everywhere <laughs> for like half a year uh like yeah, I, i'm well. way more interested to see what wave two of this looks like <laughs> uh mm-hmm. there's something i love about the ultra star scream even though it's a big doofy gimmick toy with a half working transformation mm-hmm. I kind of love that he has this Machine Wars Starscream thing going on with these massive engines. Oh, yeah. I, I, I So there's a video of him being transformed on Facebook. And it's a real simple, like, you know, put the legs together and just fold the wings over him. And then the rest kind of just happens. But the fact mm-hmm. that, like, the missiles and their smoke streaks in a dynamic pattern extend out of those tubes, I think, is really friggin' cool. Like that, that sold me on the concept of this gimmick was seeing that, like, you know, even if the toy they're attached to isn't amazing, like those tubes, I feel like, you know, conceptually, those tubes are what's full of the gimmick and those could be bolted onto a better toy, you know, conceptually. And I think that would be super neat to have like a really good transformer. And he's got his thing where it's like, oh, and here's his missile tubes. And now here's like Macross missile spam coming out of them sculpted. Like that's neat uh, to me. Um, Aaron, uh, do you have any other thoughts on Cyberverse uh, overall? Not terribly. Uh, any any of them catching you so far, or are you uh, just uh, spectating? The um, da, 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 da. there was oh shoot, there was one of the ones on the the Toy Fair pictures. Like I said, the the Grimlock, the the um, like the flame the blast stuff, the fire yeah. stuff that looks neat, especially if that is something that it like it's not when it's transformed it does that as it's like step last step, but if there's some activation gimmick of that, I think mm-hmm. that is okay. that is interesting. Is that uh, like uh, Aaron's going to pay forty dollars for it or whatever? That size of toy is going to end up being interesting. Eh, probably not. I, I bet you it's going to be like he can push that fire back into his mouth at least. Like, you'll still see it, but it's not going to be, like, extended. Like you'll get the the whatever red at the end of it? Yeah, yeah, but by doing that, it'll make, like, the fires on his back, like, suck down or something. Mm-hmm. Um, that'd be kind of cool. Uh, well, then let's uh, let's get into Power of the Primes. Not a lot of fresh reveals, since a lot of this was Wave 2, and that came out in the States a month before Toy Fair. You, you lucky jerks. Um... But there, there were still a couple fresh things. Like, they showed the full Abominus. Uh, I, to be honest, I don't really have lots to say because he just looks like I thought he would. You know? So they th- made Abominus look like Abominus. Yeah, he looks like Abominus, and it looks cool. Um, people have hunger, and hunger looks like a really good torso. Uh, so, you know, it looks like it'll turn out great. Um, so, I don't know. Do you guys have anything you really wanted to say about Abominus? Because I feel like he's sort of... You know, nothing against him, but he's he's kind of like just confirming they're doing abominus. Um, I was super amazed by photos that I'd seen somebody had done uh, with abominus in hand. The fact that that is, again, a air quotes retool of a much earlier mold is mind boggling to me. 
So I don't remember where this was said, but I remember reading it. So, so apparently he's not a retool, but he's by the same designer of Silverbolt, who, when faced with doing hunger, realized, you know, most of that toy I designed before all works for this. Right. Well, so, like, no sh- no shared parts, but, like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's the same way that um, the G2... Smoke screen is the same as Inner John Star Scream. Yeah, yeah. The shared skeleton. I yeah. still like shared skeleton. Where, yeah, you know, where even it, though it's not perfect, it, it's the like very much shared across the like manufacture and build thereof. And yeah, as opposed to oh, this was something from the um, the Q and A that we all learned. So they have a term for stuff like Scourge I, and Highbrow from Titans Return. Uh, they call it a partial tool. Where like the okay. crotch is the sh- the same or something, so they're internally they where call they? that partial tooling. Where okay, yeah, where it's like hey, where, we have where, like, this. Some parts are shared. Okay, so we but we still don't have something for like this is using the same engineering, but it's a different. Yeah, toy. if it's a hundred percent new parts and the engine and the the transformation though still works the same to me that like I just say it has the same skeleton, and I feel like that's even uh, better now that you can say not literally the same skeleton because literally shared skeleton parts is a partial tool. I'm I'm going to float reincarnation. That's like that implies that one of them is dead too. <laughs> <laughs> like it works. Well, one is an older like, mold than another. Like, like hey, look, we, we, we need this, so we're going to put a bullet in the back of your head. Reincarnate him. <laughs> well, they... <laughs> Well, they well they do. Are they producing Silverbolt again? No. Yeah. So here's hunger. But guess what? They Silverbolt didn't retire. They actually shot him in the back of the head yeah. to bring him back to life. Hey, Silverbolt, you're getting retired. What? <laughs> Crack. <laughs> and reincarnate. I mean, it, as I was going to say, it does use the the prefix that fits in with the rest of the prefixes, like redeco, retool, mm-hmm. etc. So I, I think you know, reincarnation is not a bad term um, for whatever reason. Shared skeleton rolls off my tongue better, but like I wouldn't like that. That starts getting into like, is it a mecha or a megazord for me? Where it's like both of these terms, I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm down with both, and I'll say like I'm also the guy who adamantly calls things neo classics, and no one else does. So I'm <laughs> I'm not speaking from any position of authority. But at least here. in that sort of phrase, you understand the that there's there's built in what does neo mean they're like what do you mean neo classics don't you mean chug and i'm like no well you know by this point it's actually chuggerts because uh, you got to roll <laughs> a few more lines into there uh oh screw you all i'm on classic 6.0 yeah classic 6.7 well no now it's going to be classic 6.3 6 and 9 because we're in generation uh trilogies now right yeah so <laughs> right in fact in the three of the six, and the six nine, point three th- that's also with the line above the decimal number because it actually is an infinite divider yeah uh i forgot what that if there's a way to shorthand that but uh abominus is happening uh and that's cool um I, I really would like to move on though to like one of the two fresh faces and that being uh in color from all angles in almost every mode but not quite every mode we've got a good look at optimal optimus uh mm-hmm. this this really answers the big question of where the colors are going to be and i gotta say color me impressed <laughs> i didn't mean to do that that was not intentional uh the smaller optimus primal toy does not have any optimal optimus colors on him uh, I thought some of them would sneak on there, but uh, his backpack is just the shuttle stuff that turns into Optimal Optimus's chest, 
uh, and Optimus Optimus then just has an Optimus Primal colored backpack uh, sticking out of his you know on his backplate. And the, is it the just color like the 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 head is in the optimal Optimus? Yeah, the head, the head and the chest. Uh, the head and the chest are coming out of the the hoverboard mode. Okay. Because uh, in in one of the the one of the CADs that they released officially is a CAD shot of what Optimal Optimus looks like with Primal removed. Uh, it's in one oh, of the I official pictures. That one. Uh, let me take a look if it's in my links here. Because the official p- images has just a splash with the two of them. Yeah, they they released more images I think on Sunday or Monday, and w- I'm going to look for it because one of them was like an empty torso basically so it's like in in optimal in optimal optimus mode if you take his head and that you know the shovel chest oh yeah because i guess the shovel chest is the cockpit thing yeah on on yeah so all that's gone and then it's just a hole there basically okay um so primal is not just a backpack he's also the head i think he's the head and he's definitely the chest so he's still filling he's filling out the same amount of space that optimus prime needed filled out from orion packs okay yeah Uh, um there's just more of a backpack on on optimal optimus um and so you know the standalone mode is the gorilla um but there's enough stuff on him that you can completely get a jet out of that so there's you know (laughs) The jet mode is not really like amazing on, on Optimal Optimus, so I'm sure that that's the idea. Um, did they show anything for a truck mode? Because I'm thinking that's just not there. No, there had to be a tire underneath the cockpit for that, which I've yeah. seen nothing. And there had to be wheels on the legs, which are not there. So he's fully flight mode stuff. So, you know, like Primal turns into a shuttle that is technically a hoverboard. Uh, yeah. So it's, to, it's, it's to all be... flight modes. Yeah, to be fair, he used he used the vehicle mode twice, and one of yeah. time is when he couldn't turn into the jet mode. Yeah, <laughs> and neither of those alt modes are amazing, so I'm I'm okay yeah. if we only have have one of them. And you know what? The other one only really all that someone needs to do is produce some wheels you plug on the legs and a wheel you plug under the cockpit, and then you have the the truck mode. And perfect effect will probably do that. Hey, I found your cat images. Yeah, oh, that is right. just an entirely empty. See two big locking pegs and the gorilla head tucked in the torso. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that that makes up a lot yeah. more of that than what I thought it would. But all right, that's I, cool. See mm-hmm. now, a, now a clever Hasbro would repaint that whole thing and then stick a quick strike in there. Uh, so can... <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> and it will never happen. Nope, but that is a that is a real that is an idea though. Uh, you know, someone on Shapeways maybe at least could do up a quick strike head for the Primal figure. It won't be perfect, but that'd be <laughs> cute. <laughs> um, also, with you know the head being a piece like you know that's that's separate, someone could also easily do a Transmetal Megatron head mm-hmm. uh, for Beast oh, yeah. Machines ending. Like I thought, I thought Optimal Optimus should have been in Titans Return for that very reason. Yeah, well, he could still, he could still do it with a different core figure going in. You have to do like a Nemesis Primal. Uh, oh man, Nemesis Primal, who is just Beast Wars Megatron in disguise. That'd be kind of cute. Uh. Anyway, um, Aaron, are are you feeling uh, like this guy is looking up to par with uh, Rodimus and Optimus? As I far do. Your class toy goes. I do. Um, maybe even surpassing hmm 
Um, I, I think that uh, I I am surprised at the lack of uh, like optimus optimal optimus colors or anything in there. It's silver and black, which is okay. What works for the shuttle mode that maybe optimus primal was before everything sure but you know this i'm i am impressed uh and like i said i th- i think you know or like was said i think that this even could potentially make for you know either primal prime coloration as an easy one or the the possessed form of um with the way that they've done this transformation because that's the whole that whole chunk easily clicks out and a different one can click in they even got it i just noticed they even have it so that you can fold away the cannons that stick out of his collarbone Mm -hmm. because in the in the the cad they're back but on the show floor they're folded forward that's so freaking cool yeah uh i just i just caught that um tj uh how are you digging this guy like he's not star saber uh, but I feel no, like we still have one good, more wave we we might find out about. So a good observation. <laughs> Honestly, I I want to like this guy. I really do, but I'm finding disappointment. Like I really, I'm not I'm not a fan of Optimus Primal being a unit in here with. He he clearly just has this vehicle mode that's just there to jam the chest into the big body. Like, he's not trying to recreate his ape mode in any way, shape, or form, which feels like it goes against the whole theme of this. I, I really have been going back and forth on that, because I'm like, his alt mode is unimpressive to the point where no one seems to even care that no, it's not actually shown in any of this, because he's just turning into a stick. Uh... But then I'm also sitting there going, like, you know, everything about what they did with him is clever. And also, Orion Pax's truck mode is very cute, but horrifically flawed visually. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, was this yeah. the better option? <laughs> like, it's a, well, it's a dumb, un- unimpressive alt mode, but also you can't get it wrong, you know? Here's what I feel. Here's what I feel. I feel like... I, I feel like... The, uh, I, I feel like the snowboard of Optimus Primal is slowly overtaking him more and more. Because mm. it used to be just as clever, it used to be just this funny little third mode for his transmetal, and then Beast Wars 10th happened, and now he's got this half his toy is the surfboard, and now yeah, but he it was also a surfboard. cannon. Come on, a surfboard cannon that's badass. <laughs> and and now he's think- a, he's a shuttle surfboard. Uh, with the matrix <laughs> slot in the cockpit, uh, I feel. I, I think I'd feel better about him if the cockpit was actually orange, so it didn't look out of place in the optimal mode. I wonder. At least I feel yeah. like he is contributing more to him. Um, I forgot what color Optimal Optimus's cockpit was in the CG back then. It's orange. Okay, that yeah, that's kind of weird because that's the only clear piece I can see on him, unless it's a shared light piping piece. Oh, no, I don't mean not. that. I don't. I don't mean that. I mean the entirety of his chest. Oh, oh, okay. I just thought you meant the cockpit window. No, no. Um. Yeah. I mean that. That, 
that might that might be again that might be for the boon of not having any orange on the the smaller figure um which i think was just really the thing i didn't want to see well, yeah well it's on the back it wouldn't show on the figure itself it would show oh, yeah, in I mean, the it's shown the surfboard mode nobody cares about I, I think everyone assumed there would be some some orange or you know um violet uh, or blue on the backpack. I think just not having any identifiable colors on the backpack, like th- that's that still is kind of impressing me right now. Like I, I also will see how I feel when the figure comes out. Um, for me, really, it's just like it's a cool figure. But I, I this happened to me with the third party one, Perfect Effect put out uh, Beast Gorilla. I was I, I was like, I don't actually want to spend a lot of money on Optimal Optimus <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it. And then this figure's not going to cost that much, of course. But I'm like. Hmm. This dude's transformations are so uninspiring to me, especially when, like, there's nothing there for the truck mode. And for whatever reason, I really like the truck mode on him the most. Because <laughs> it's, I guess, because it's the dumbest, but it's also the one that, like, does the really weird, like, half-assed play into, like, also Optimus Prime Spark is, is stored within him. So he has this truck mode. Look. Uh... So yeah, I'm gonna probably be like way more into this figure when it's out and I'm playing with it. Just in photos, I'm always looking at him, going like, "Yeah, it's optim, it's optimal Optimus," and I don't know why I never connect with that guy as much as as I wish I did. Uh, I would also love to see this figure done up as Primal Prime, just because I like that color scheme a lot, and I like the idea of like maybe they do a face plate without a without a mouth slit, but uh, you know, that's probably not gonna happen. Um, and then uh, there's other, one other fresh reveal here um, is that uh, Moonracer is going to get a retool redeco into Firestar. Um, is, is it Firestar or did they give her a different name? Now I can't remember. She had a new name. Nova Star. No, yeah. Nova Star. Uh, so she has a new head. Um, that's all I really know. I haven't heard any feedback on Moonracer yet. Aaron, I'm assuming that you have Moonracer. Yes, I do. All right. Well, we'll find out more about that uh, in a little bit. Um, so Aaron, you're the one I'll ask then. Do you feel any excitement about Nova Star? I do, actually. I really like the Moonracer mold. And All right. Oh, really? Okay. I wanted to hear someone say that because I still thought it looked cool, even though it had a backpack. And I, I hadn't really kept up with any feedback. Like, do we do we want to talk about it? Because I got it right here. No, let's, let's hold off a little bit because I want to get to Predicate. Okay. I really want to get to Predicate. But it's, it's but, I mean, uh, you can hear it. That's that's yeah. probably real oh. annoying, but yep. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, there's there's a couple things that I wish were maybe done a little bit differently, but we can get to that when we talk yeah, about we can get it. To that in but a, no, I I, through, I enjoy the mold uh, yeah. because mostly because it's something so different. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna grill but, you yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> later that's, on. That's um, that's upcoming, listeners. All right, I'm way more excited now than I thought I was going to be. Uh, TJ, without without getting too deep into it, uh, how do you feel about Nova Star? And also, like I said this last episode, isn't it kind of nuts that we're all still kind of like lukewarm when we're saying, yeah, oh, yeah, they're doing Alita One and Two of the Fembots? Huh, that's neat. You know, like it's kind of incredible <laughs> conceptually mm-hmm. still. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were so used to not getting girls, and now we're getting girls. You know, a lot more frequently than we used to, and like. Uh, yeah, I guess that's happening now. Yeah. Well, not only that, but it's like <laughs> one of them's a torso and the other two are limbs. So, <laughs> right. But then somebody's uh, going to be upset that there's not an entire, like, set of five. I'm still convinced that there is room. They have not They have exclusives that are not announced, and I'm going to be surprised if there's what? no way for. Yeah. And there's... Well, they need way four, if nothing else, to get all of the, uh, all 12 of the primes out. 
that that yeah. is also yes that's also a thing that i keep forgetting about uh see i i i keep telling people like i would be down for this mold yet again if they do one of their crazy remolds that make it into a jet that way i can have anode and the backpack can be painted like lug and then i have the two just right there i mean the, you know what the uh the rear wheel section is stuff that is entirely hinged backpack material right so like that could be replaced with wing stuff and engines that totally works yeah I kind of dig that, actually. All the car stuff is just shell enough mm-hmm. that it could be replaced with jet stuff. Oh, that'd be neat. And th- I feel like that would be a way to kind of sneak in an, a better Nautica, but I, I got a feeling that they're going to they're gonna not do that. Because um, there's one more G1 Fembot, right, that is not covered here. There um, were four of them. There's, there's more that they have retroactively given names to. I happen oh, to yeah, just yeah. look one up called... I just happened to look up one that was named Greenlight. I, I was just thinking of the ones the from one was. the ones from the episode. Uh, Chromia, obviously. Well, um, oh, Chromia. Yeah. Well, yeah. well no, uh, no. Greenlight was in that episode too. Really? It's one of the background players, yeah, right? She wasn't. Yeah. I've... I don't think they'd actually call her Greenlight in the toy line, though. <laughs> Probably come up with a better no, name. No, I think. <laughs> no, I think they literally just did that because she was the green one. Yeah. I just but realized, she was like, like, there's, there's, I feel like there's even a way you could do a, a decent looking like uni wheeled vehicle mode for Chromia out of this, like not maybe like a tricycle thing. Uh, it'd just be really cool if they had like, if they if they finished off the homage for a full combiner. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be attached to it. I'm gonna be mad if they don't. But um, just to keep keep moving along here let's let's get into the big thing which is Preda King. Uh there's some stuff I didn't know about him last episode uh when I ever talked about him so I'll just highlight those right away. Thanks to Wonderfest. So I spent a while saying I thought Preda King's um like having the robot mode thighs really visible with a split between them as his elbows was understandable, but I didn't like it very much at Wonderfest, They folded up his, his arms so that they don't have visible robot thighs. His arms are a little shorter, but look so much better. So he, the fact that he can do that solves my single biggest aesthetic problem with the combined mode. So I'm real happy about this. The thing I didn't know last episode, I didn't see any of the rear shots of tantrum or ram horn, yeah. ram horn? Uh, the two leg guys. So there's, there's, it's a, it's a double-edged sword here. A, I think that this concept of how the lower pelvis area of Predaking is formed by like the waist section and crotch are coming off the wing pack. And then the thighs and hips and hip skirts are attached to the leg robots. That is a really cool way to not have razor claws stuffed full of, you know, just transformation mush. Mm-hmm. But in all these shots, it appears that the entire thigh and hip section don't really fold away anywhere on the leg robots. It's just kind of hanging off the back. Now, to their credit, however they hung off the back, I didn't notice it all in the original <laughs> images. It wasn't until someone took a big close-up photo of their backs that I realized what was going on. It's like I'm looking at one of the front-facing photos of uh, of Rhino Guy. It's not Ramhorn. That's the cassette, isn't it? It's Headstrong. Headstrong. Rhinos all look the same to me. Uh, so Headstrong, oh. the front shot of Headstrong, I am sort of seeing this this little like pack hanging off his butt. But from the front, like it's not 
it's not terribly visible. That's how I didn't notice it. I just thought he maybe had like a little butt pack. But uh, he and Tantrum have a big old leg on their back. It's it's not bugging me that much to be honest. Uh, I'm not telling anyone to like it, but like they the fact that they have a waist swivel uh, and are fully articulated to me always counteracts a big backpack because mm-hmm. it means I can just have it kind of it's just a thing. Uh, but they can ambulate around it. What um, I kind of wish could have happened was they already have the cannons that become the feet. Would it have been difficult to like make that part of the mush? Because so the cannons because... have the fists in them. Is the thing? Oh yeah, that's right. So there's no more. Well, room. then you make something new for the arm guys to hold their own fists. <laughs> so the the arm guys. <laughs> have got a chunk of, like, um, not chest, but what's, I guess part of the chest, you know, where the arm connects to the chest. Um, if you look at a back shot of Rampage, he's kind of got a piece of yeah. of shoulder on him as well. Uh, so, so then I, you, you make you make a sixth member of the group. Who is just thighs. That's just, that's like, that's like six shot was of... <laughs> Uh, or six six gun six, metroplex six, six, six gun six gun yeah six gun six, six gun where it's just like with a head <laughs> just parts he just exists as parts to disassemble like i was wondering if there was some way the legs could fold in on themselves but then i saw the video of john warden showing how solid the hip articulation is yeah and i'm like okay like yeah there's no there's nowhere for any of that to go and, like, it's resulting in hips that make me feel way better about this toy uh, in conjunction with the ankle tilts and everything. Yeah. And also, I love the transformation idea of all that stuff separating off of the midsection. So, right uh, now, I'm okay with it myself. Yeah, I'll also play it to what mode do you think most people are going to have this in? That, too. Oh, yeah. It, and, is is this something that's going to live as five individual robots? As five individual animal things, I mean, or I mean, as a giant predaking. The animal modes already are like this is where the compromise happens. Like I, we talked about this last episode, but like I think that making the animal modes just be like, what if they're just those G one like boulders on limbs that are vaguely shaped like animals? Because then mm-hmm. we can focus on everything else. And like you'll notice, like look mm-hmm. again, look at look at uh, Headstrong's Rhino mode. Because it's in the G1 shape, you don't really, I don't really notice the big underhanging leg lump because he's already just a giant lump with four legs sticking yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> he just looks like a pot-bellied rhino. He's yeah. just a very well-fed rhino. You know, I, I got a hint for you. Uh, the G1 toy wasn't that great all that, you know, in that area either. No, no I mean, G1 toys are perfection. I don't know what you're talking about. They, they. I mean, like they. You, went, you've, you've, ne- you've never owned a G1 Headstrong. Clearly, <laughs> they, they went for those. The G, the G1 Predacons did not have great animal modes, and like, like I almost dare say they slightly improved Razor Claw and uh, and I almost called him Talon. That's not his name. That's his third party name. The flying one. Alan. Dive bomb. Dive bomb. Uh, 
So re- I'm gonna hold up cue cards for you from now I on. I spent two years memorizing their feral Rex names, so like I'm just a mess right now with these guys. But Razor Claw and Dive Bombs uh, animal modes actually look better than the G1 ones while mm-hmm. still maintaining all of the jank. But it's like Razor Claw looks even more like a super deformed lion figurine. And Dive Bomb at least looks like he has body mass and isn't just a, a, a f- he isn't just an arm with a wing pack attached to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he still looks nothing like a bird for the most part. But, you know, <laughs> this is this is the thing I think we hit with Predaking uh, with, with Devastator. They they had alt modes that played real well into their limb modes and made for very basic robots. With Predi- with the Predacons, their beast modes in G1 were always compromised horrifically <laughs> for the sake of everything else. So I'm like, I think overall I'm still kind of digging this guy. I think he's not as impressive to me as Devastator just, you know, because he's he's less of a an intense play pattern, but you know, rejigging how his his you know groin area comes together is huge for me. Uh, I said before, I love the way that extra gold plates are added to the main. Um, I like that the ears of the lion are also the handles of the matrix that goes inside there. Uh, there's enough stuff going on. I'm still going to end up liking this figure. I'm pretty sure, but you know, his faults are a lot more obvious. Then again, the American version has full articulation in the individual robot modes, and you can't say that for our Devastator. Uh, but Aaron, uh, let's talk some more about Predaking. What are some other thoughts you got looking at this guy? Um, I was actually, uh, I think, more impressed by the Wonderfest images over um, what we had at Toy Fair. Um, for whatever reason, and it's probably just because whoever was shooting it wasn't maybe necessarily shooting it quite so much for scale. But it was mm-hmm. like every Predaking shot was very much Predaking. And like the stuff that they had around it to compare i don't like did we actually have any good like hey here's the whole display images to really give you an idea of the uh sense of scale because yeah, i mean we knew predaking was going to be big but it wasn't until that uh there's there's one of the photos from um wonder fest where it's like looking down the line and you realize yeah. that like all of the other combiners you know the the abominus that's standing right there comes up like just above Predaking's waist. It was also seeing like I didn't feel that much about his scale until I saw the video of John Warden doing the articulation demo and like seeing yeah. an adult human holding the figure. I was like, oh, I get it. Yeah. You know? Well, <laughs> I, I I will say unfortunately I hadn't caught any of the videos. So that's that's okay. That's a, you know, I won't so, tell anybody. But yeah. uh, I think I just did on the podcast. No, no, um, I'll, I'll no, I'll cut that part out. It's it's, it's cool. Sure, 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 you will. Thanks, buddy. No, I'm not gonna um, cut that out. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, look at this fool. Uh, but yeah, that was I think the biggest thing. I'm imp- impressed by the scale. And again, it's going to be one of the 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 whatever Titan figures. Um, and all of them have been enormous. I mean, I've got Metroplex Max sitting over there, and uh, right now, um, that one's just covered in robots. But I mean, they're all huge toys, but it's a thing that didn't, like, you you can say, yeah, and this is the biggest combiner ever, and you're like, okay. But then you see it on a display, and you can go, oh, wow, I now have a point of reference. That is big. Yeah. Why didn't somebody say something about this? 
I'm just uh, I'm also just pasting in a couple images for a thing I want to say at the end. But uh, okay. TJ, um, I want to ask you, like, overall, what are your thoughts on on this this Predaking set? I am overall impressed by it. Like my worry as was as always with doing Predakings like this is how does Razor Claw work? Yeah, because if he's going to be the same size, I don't want the G one like really. <laughs> weird like my but i'm as wide as i am tall as thick as, <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah he, yeah there's that's yeah there's uh there, there's my dwarf from my D campaign right there but that's that's why again i think i'm kind of okay with the the leg backpacks because it's like you're you're solving the big problem with razor claw oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah and you're coming up with an interesting combining method too. Yeah, like the, I think there's a lot of interesting play with this toy. The the way the wing pack is involved is fascinating to me. The more people were sort of uncovering it, and uh, and I'm I'm I think that transforming and assembling this guy provided everything like shunks in nicely. Which is again, I when I saw the nature of those hips on on the backpacks, I was like, wait, how's that going to lock in? But then I was like, wait, I also saw John Warden pick up a test shot and move the leg forward, and it didn't fall out. So it's, it's probably fine. Uh, but it looks like it's going to be super fun to like just chunk together. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. it looks more poseable than Devastator because uh, like he everyone has a waist swivel, so he has a boot cut swivel halfway up his thighs. And I think that's going to be huge in tandem with the ankle tilts. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the thing I want to highlight, I, I linked two pictures here. So a Wonderfest picture has been going around where it looks like Devastator's midsection is about as thin as one of his fingers. So that's the Wonderfest photo. You see his waist right above his waist there, that really thin plank. Oh, yeah. So I was like, that can't be right. So I looked at look at the other link. Um, what they didn't do at Wonderfest is those are panels that open up to fill out his mass. And then Razor Claw's rear tiger or lion legs go in to fill that spot in so in case anyone had seen the wonderfest photo highlighted and was getting worried i think i solved the problem uh the, that that flat thing opens up it's it's hollow in the back but it opens up to balloon out and visually add some mass yeah, um, yeah well you can see the hinge on the wonderfest photo i wonder if that's also another one of those cases of like this is the resin and it's staying exactly like this yeah, uh, at Wonderfest, it sounds like they had an older prototype than what they had at Toy Fair. Because um, mm. I think in one of the, the Unicron.com well, the, the Toy videos, Fair one is, is definitely in molded plastic colors. That's not that's not like the super globbed-on paint. Well, it's, I was also going to say that like in one of the videos, I think John Warden said they had gotten that color test shot in about like two or three days before Toy Fair. Mm-hmm. So it was like the freshest, newest. Right. Um, I just wish they transformed the arms properly because <laughs> I, I I think those arms look way better with the robot thighs sucked into the biceps or into the, uh, yeah. the forearms. Well, and the thing is, because of the way that the hips are on those, it'll still make a good elbow. I mean, well, that's, it, that's, that, that's, that, that's still, still it's still rolling back to the way that all the combiner wars and combining power of the prime stuff guys have gone of you need that. Yeah. Because when it's when the 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 shins are up on top of the thighs, it's all closed together. Whereas on this one, it looks like the design based off of the 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 resin version is that it was designed to be loose at that point. Um, especially since these are animal things, 
then you, you you can have additional articulation in there, and then you can have elbows. It looks like it's not a 90-degree elbow, but it's still going to be better than not. My my one worry is I, I would like to know the nature of, of how those hip joints work, mostly because, like, are they friction? Are they detented? Most importantly, how hard is it going to be for me to tighten them if they get a bit loose? Yeah. Because that's, that's always going to be the case with combiner elbows, since they're usually a, an inner part of a, a smaller robot. Um, I think they're the most stressed part on a combiner. So I'm like, if those elbows get loose, because on Combiner Wars and Power of the Primes, it's a ball socket joint. There's two ball socket joints. So I can just floor polish it, and that's that's that. Uh, if these are, like, detent joints, then maybe they're not going to get as loose, but I know, how to, I know how to tighten those. If they're just, like, riveted in, like, then am I going to have to open the pelvis and thicken something or blah, blah, blah? Like, I, that's my one, one of my last lingering questions. Uh, which cer- certainly isn't a thing that's going to determine if I purchase it or not. I'm going to get the Predaking. Like I'm, I'm into enough of them. Um, also, I'm just looking that. So of those two photos I linked, the Toy Fair one. Uh, do y'all see? I didn't notice this. Do you see the friggin' pistons on the back of his knee joints? Like they probably don't do anything, but visually they look badass. Mm-hmm. It's on the uh, yeah, like the. It's on both sets. It looks like it's just the lower part of whatever the upper. The interior knee part is because the one yeah. on his right you, looks like it's got like ratchet detents. Yeah, yeah. Like I think it's just sculpting, but it like looks really mm-hmm. cool. Like that, that. I love pistons on combiners. Ah, yeah. Um, oh, you know what we didn't mention at all, which maybe communicates how much we care. Uh, he also comes with with Onyx Prime. He comes with a, with a Prime Master. Really? Okay. Yeah. That's that's it. That's all I really. Good. He has a matrix. Like you can fold down the lion head, and there's a matrix leadership inside with Onyx Prime. Okay, as the uh, the core. So that that's how you get Onyx Prime is with Predaking. So I guess Predaking is his shell. Yeah. <laughs> he, hey, Onyx the Prime cheated. All right, biggest got, pretender he, of them all. Yeah, yeah. There it is. I was I was just thinking that that was a oh, different. Oh, you didn't know. No, you didn't know that he I was didn't. in there. Oh, okay. I thought you just didn't care. No. I was like, wow, this is cold. <laughs> no, no, you can you can fold down the the razor claw lion face and like the ears of the lion face are the handles of a matrix of leadership thing. Okay. Um and then so that way, like basically they made him involved in the power of the primes gimmick that way, but also in a way that you can completely ignore. Mm-hmm. Um because you you never have to take that matrix out, so you're never gonna lose the ears. And you never have to open it to look at it. Yeah. It's just sitting in there. Yeah. I still have to pay $150 to complete my God collection, though. You do. But you know what? You're getting a free Predaking with it. Yeah. So that's, I think that's okay. Were you not <laughs> planning on getting Predaking? Be, be um, the guy. Be the guy who's like, oh. I was on the... I was... I was on the fence. I have to get this Predaking to finish my Primes collection. This is friggin' lousy. <laughs> You know, you know what? I had G one Rampage as a kid, and I'm disappointed by this one. So I'm I'm just weighing it right now. Yeah, we'll see. We we never mentioned. Also, they showed three more Prime Masters. It's just like all I really had to say about them was Octopunch and Bludgeon. By like, even though they're still doing the thing of falling on their face and having an accessory fold over their back, somehow the accessory folding over their back is making their weapon modes work better for me. Mm-hmm. It's like Bludgeon is just turning into a stick. And then Octopunch is like a tentacle tickler. Uh, I don't like that they painted Octopunch's uh, helmet visor yellow. I think that looks pretty dumb. It should have just been hollow. 
that's all I got. Do you have guys anything on, on those Prime Masters? I, I haven't got much else. Nah, I just want them all. Uh, so the standard, for yeah. some reason, that so, smallest price point is just crack. Just, you know, just give it to me. Yeah, it's just something about tiny little pretenders that still does something to me. And you can you can populate them all over your bigger toys. There's, there's something, too. You can have them all chill out on Predaking's shoulders. Um... All right, we talked about it a bit, but let's talk about the fresh reveals for the Studio Series. Um, like I said last week, there, there is nothing fresh really shown for the Masterpiece Series. We've talked about those two toys. One of them, it seems, is out now in some places. Uh, people have Barricade. But uh, there was a lot of Studio Series revealed here, and friggin' I think this stole the show. Um, because it had surprises. <laughs> but uh, from the, the deluxes, Jazz and Lockdown, we talked about them a bit. Um, that, that lockdown, I think we didn't say it on the recording, but someone pointed out when I was on Twitter going like, oh yeah, movie the best is still happening as well. Someone mentioned that it looks like this better lockdown deluxe also just stole the new accessory from movie best lockdown. So like movie the best put in the work of like, we're going to do a new hook hand accessory. And then this new toy was like, cool, that's mine. Uh, have fun not ever being bought Bye. that would, <laughs> that would be very, like, uh, uh, animated lockdown though, wouldn't it? very in character yeah <laughs> he just swiped it off mm-hmm. another toy um i also saw it pointed out uh that that lockdown's robot mode it makes it look like he has a lot of shared transformation elements with cogman and the more i look at him the more i'm seeing it and i'm very okay with that because i thought cogman was a great deluxe so a like bigger thicker cogman that's not a headmaster is like yeah let's do it i still that's, want a that's cogman awesome. um yeah same here he still hasn't shown up easily in the states. No, for you guys. No, they pretty much stopped Chimney restocking cricket. movie toys. He's out in Japan. You can just yeah. buy him from Japan if you want to. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. My Walmart is still at Wave One. Yeah, probably got to import now. Like, like I, I have an import Cogman. I never talked about him because he just has a different. He has a sticker on his box. Uh, I just wanted a second. I wanted all the Cogmans because I like Cogman a lot. But this this lockdown looks like he uses the same transformation scheme, which I guess neither of you can really comment on because you don't actually have Cogman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jazz also is doing so. Jazz's feet, the way his ankle tilt works with like the front of his shin sticking up, I feel like I've seen that on another figure as well, but I don't remember who. Uh, the rest of his transformation looks completely new to me, but something about his feet is very. It's it's like making me remember something, but I don't know what. Uh, but it's, it also, I think, is a very solid-looking jazz. Absolutely, the vehicle modes are the things that are um, the second priority of the two. Um, but I'm, I'm way down for these two. Aaron, um, we talked a bit already about their alt modes, but overall, how are you feeling about the new deluxe guys here? Um, I, I, I'm not sure. Um, like, I know that I'm going to end up getting Blackout because that has a very serious relationship to the job. That I do, and he's a, and he's a leader class toy, so and he's, he's a leader class toy, so he, he's <laughs> not going to be a deluxe. But with all of these, it's uh, they're all very interesting, and I'm glad that some of these designs are getting fresh takes on them. That's what I'm so excited about when they, in the interview Q&A session, they went like, we're actually looking very, if you look at the numbering of these toys, that's indicating we're kind of thinking long game on this. Like, there were like however many hundred movie robot designs, mm-hmm. and we want this to be movie generations. And I'm like, no, that's that was the best part of the movies, was the, I ended up really liking a lot of those robots, and I want good toys of them. So like, if you're doing movie generations, 
with a locked robot mode scale that's like that is a recipe for me going way in on this line yeah i i don't know except except maybe that mm -hmm. optimus because he looks pretty lousy (laughs) yeah to me i guess the biggest thing is uh like we said before kind of the the little bits of scale issue um kind of make me sad that it's the scale issue that's there you 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 wish they had picked vehicles like, instead of robot basically or a balance between them um something a little bit closer because jazz and lockdown should not be that different in alt mode size even though it probably is that different on on robot mode size and yeah, I, or I, if it was just the fact that like you know jazz comes with more than just his weird shield gun thing that was supposed to be like an expanding sword or something originally like i I I feel like at that level there should be something more or like there should be much more clearly like okay you know we've got half the plastic in this let's like get good paint apps on there because it looks like it's silver plastic not silver paint yeah well i mean the the roof is i mean i i'm looking at i think the roof is going to be painted at least and maybe maybe they'll have to yeah. paint more car panels to match it. But I was going to say, so many of the movie lines have been that kind of like gray zone balance. I guess that locking one of the scales is part of what makes it interesting to mm-hmm. me. Because I'm like, this will be unlike the other movie lines. And, and like I said, I, I mean, locking a scale, you know, having it so that all of these look right in scale next to each other. That's that's great. And and I can appreciate that. And I can I can't appreciate it for the scale. I do. But at the same time, I, I guess I'm looking at, you know, again, you know, I'd, I'd like to see, okay, if if that's the difference in size, I'd like to see Jazz has got paint washes on him or something to yeah. to pull out detail or to do more to it rather than I think I think that's only the like that's why I want to I want to I want to know how the April wave turns out because if they can get it so the toys are not for you know two out of three people falling apart mm-hmm. out of the box it seems to me like they're going for um you know density of parts <laughs> yeah and, and moving bits and like like Jazz's transformation you know, just at a glance you know you can kind of see where some stuff goes but it looks real interesting yeah. whereas Lockdown's transformation like Cogman does not have a complicated transformation necessarily. Yeah. And I guess so, that might be the other part that's flavoring my thoughts in the deluxes is the little bits that I've heard of people be like, yeah, it, I mean, it held together for like 10 minutes. It was, yeah. It was I'm, a good, it was so a good eight was, minutes out of that 10. Like, I'm, I'm not hoping that people got bad toys because they were early adopters, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, I'm, I'm hoping that like, that was the, those the were a, consequence of a a, a first a, rush. a first run rush, like no th- four months ago we said and and we wanted to be able to say and right now you can go to the web store and get it and then oh that's what they wanted to say they they had a QR code at Toy Fair on a pedestal going like want these QR code yeah. to the to the store right now but the, the, the uh, limit the, two per that those were the rush of like somebody made yeah. a promise and. Like, supply chain started falling behind, so let's just get this done. And also Chinese New Year being like, hey, guess what? On, on this date, we stop working. Yeah. So, you know, and, and obviously with yeah. with, a, with an official Transformers run, like, even months in advance, that could still be a problem schedule-wise. Um, TJ, since you actually have deluxes, 
how are you feeling about the look of Lockdown and Jazz kind of bouncing off of those guys? Um, Lockdown, I need to see a little bit more from. Mm-hmm. He looks a, maybe a little bit bulkier than I would like out of that movie design. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. It might just be the limited angles and the weird poses I'm seeing here. Yeah, they kind of just have him like in a in a squat stand kind of pose in a lot of these photos. Yeah. Uh, jazz, I think, looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like I was, always, I always felt bad because, like, a lot of that movie one stuff I kind of liked because there's this, there, there's this simplicity to the designs. They're quick to transform, and they look close enough to the way they do in the movie. Not too bad. Mm. Jazz got such the short stick on that toy line. He was a Wave One toy, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was he was a wave one toy, and he was a figure where they tried to get crazy, and you know, it's not like they it's not like they just farted him out. They clearly tried to do something really cool, and being wave one of that new line, like he just you know walked into a wall basically. <laughs> like yeah. those car panel arms. There's a way that those could have been real. You could see it right where it's like, oh no, this was pro- this was a cool idea, but you're missing like f- four extra pieces to actually make these arms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and then your little stumpy hands are not impressing me either which i recall in the forums some people didn't even know those hands were in there when the wave first came out <laughs> there were people who didn't fold them out and they were just like what the hell is this because they don't you know having not seen the film and these this being a new aesthetic at the time a couple swivel out curvy things didn't necessarily mean hands back in 07 yeah <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so there were. I remember there was at least a period of a week or two where people were just like, "I don't think this guy has hands." Um, but yeah, the jazz I think is like probably the lockdown is 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 I would say a highlight only because like that was a chip on someone's shoulder. Clearly, that the last lockdown toy was so weak uh, as lockdown at least. But this jazz is is it's so nice to just see a nice jazz who isn't the human alliance one. Yeah, because uh, the Human Alliance one is like, no, you pull it off, but also he's friggin' huge. You know, you have more room to actually make his arms happen. Um, but going going from that, there's also some Voyagers on display here. Uh, in that Q and A, they mentioned because someone said like, how much of this stuff is like partial tooling or retooling, and they said that outside of the Thundercracker, they forgot to bring for display, who's going to be a retool of uh, Nitro Zeus as a store exclusive, they are trying to avoid having any retooling on these toys. And now that people have Ratchet in hand and have shown it, like, Ratchet and Bumblebee from the Studio Series looked like they could be retools. They are not. They are 100% new parts. So, I'm now 100 times more interested in this Voyager Starscream, because it looks like he's just taking a lot of the good ideas from the deluxe Dark of the Moon one, but if he's brand new from the ground up, he's it feels like maybe he'll... He looks like he fills out a bit better. Uh, and I... I'm always down for a better movie Starscream toy because that that is a design that struggled to work until movie three in in, in the toy lines. Um, the movie one one was kind of cute, but you know, as an 07 first take, the Red of the Fallen one was neat, but like overcomplicated itself with that weird like was it wasn't there magnets inside of him for the Mech Alive thing? A lot of gears. I don't remember magnets. Maybe it was like there wasn't magnets. Might it was like been. rivets on the gears. But it was like he had this mecha live stuff that just made him weird. And then the Dark of the Moon Deluxe, I thought like nailed it. It was just it was a deluxe. Was the only bummer. Um, I didn't even like the the leader Starscream toy. A lot of people like, and I like I was like that toy is cool, but like he feels like his gimmicks are slightly heavier than the rest of his body. 
you know, proportion wise. Mm-hmm. So I'm 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 way more into this Voyager Starscream. Um, and then like I don't think who else was a Voyager here. Uh, oh, Megatron and Brawl were Voyager. Megatron and Brawl. Uh, Megatron especially, aside from the bummer where the hand-painted Megatron was the alt mode and then the clearly, you know, what we're going to get Megatron that looks way less silver was in the robot mode. Um, I'm really excited for that Megatron. Um, Like, Brawl looks okay. He's just like, I got to see him up close, I think. Uh, The thing Brawl's doing that I like is that his head is so big because usually Brawl toys would end up with, like, the CG model for Brawl had a kind of freakishly huge head for the, like the way his body looked and I'm happy to see that apparently replicated here. Uh, so I'm kind of excited for the Voyager line, even though I don't think very much of the Optimus, the three Decepticon Voyagers are just nailing it for me. Um, TJ, do you have any feelings about these guys? Starscream, Brawler, Megatron? Oh no. I have to make a note. Did we lose him? No, I had a weird thing with no, I had a weird thing with the headphones. I thought the batteries were dying, but I can't plug them in because then I don't hear anything. Oh. Ah. So I might have to switch to my old ones here. But that becomes an issue. Okay. Is it is it okay for now? Uh for now, I think. Okay. Uh let's I'll just roll back into it then. TJ, do you have any thoughts on on the Voyager guys at all? The Starscream's interesting. Like I did like the deluxe ones, so it's nice to see that a lot of that's kind of getting Polished and refined at the larger size. Uh, let's see. Was there? Yeah. Uh, uh, Megatron and Brawl? Yeah, Brawl Brawl is interesting. There's something weird about Brawl's aesthetic now that it's more accurate to the movie. He looks weirder, right? Yeah, like I kinda, he does. I, I kind of like that. Like I I always was bummed out how his toys made him more handsome because I'm like, no, he has a freaking weird giant mushroom shaped head. <laughs> like, show me that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the Megatron, I'm really, I'm actually looking forward to. Because mm. I, I always really liked that design, and now you've done away with his little stick arm. Yeah, and... he's... <laughs> but, wait, and didn't he, we, didn't we have his... a name for that arm? The, that was, no, the big arm was the murder arm. Yeah, but I thought... The, I thought uh, the, the stick arm was the other I one. I thought we'd come up with some joke name for the, uh, the, the, like, the shrunken arm the b- vestigial limb yeah it's the one that none of the blood went to when he was you know growing up and i don't remember if there's a term <laughs> for that uh it's also nice that like finally we can kind of even though movie the best did a great second shot at it we can finally retire crab tank megatron because mm-hmm. he was the only good toy of that design <laughs> for me anyway I, I know that there's actually some folks who love the leader toy and i i, I completely respect your opinion even if i like viciously disagree with it uh my love of that toy that love of my the toy for me mostly came from the tank mode it looks like it came out of the old metal slug game yeah yeah the very tall tank mode yeah yeah this this new one is this looks he looks great like even if he is just flat gray everywhere like i'll get over it if his transformation is cool and given how much his treads appear to be in his legs that looks like it's going to be a cool transformation Um, TJ, did you have any thoughts on the Optimus? Because I always feel like I'm being a total jerk to the Optimus, and like I, I don't know if I'm missing. <laughs> like I, I, I like the part where he's like sort of a fusion of first edition Prime Optimus and Evasion Optimus. Like it looks like he'll be okay to transform. It's just like 
he he looks I, so out of place. <laughs> I think I think he suffers a little bit of mistransformation in the photos I've seen. Okay. But for the most part, I think it's because we've had such better Voyager movie primes. You know, that you had the 2010 one that was basically the super accurate leader class one shrunken down. Yeah. Yeah, I keep for, I, there are like days that go by where I forget that toy exists until I'm thinking about like what was what was a good Voyager movie Optimus? It's like oh yeah, they kind of just quietly shot out the shrunken leader version. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like like I'm sure he's gonna be fine, and I'm just being a jerk because he's not he's not like wowing me as much as everyone else. But um, those black the black hinges across the front of his pecs are just very distracting to me. Um, like, I can't fault that he's got his hip wheels in the right spots and everything. Um, Aaron, did you have any thoughts on, on the Voyager 4 that we, we've seen so far? Um, nothing really beyond what's been mentioned. Um, All right. Again, um, like, I'm not sure which, because did the ones on hand of Starscream have, like, the ghost or the green, I guess... It does not quite as pronounced as it is in the uh, the stock photos, but the um, the false coloration camouflage yeah, finger yeah. quotes camouflage of the jet mode. Um, I'd like to see the bottoms of the, of the jets a little bit more, just because yeah, like because I'm afraid he's still going to have that problem with jets of under junk kibble on it because I mean. The, he- he will. Yeah. I mean, like, let's. Well, I know. I, I would say let's assume he will. <laughs> it's just blackout. Like you see no kibble whatsoever on blackout. There might be if you look at him straight underneath. You might see some stuff underneath his skirts, underneath like the sides of it. But it looks like still, you know, prime. I can't tell if the stuff that's on his like trailer mount area, where if those are just his blades. And that's like where the accessories sit, or is that those are his feet? They've got the they're upside down, but okay. It, it looks like at least the sides of his feet are, are on the back there. Okay, because are his feet... oh yeah, because those are the double wheels there. Yeah, um, yeah. So I I don't know. I I would I would hope that that does a little bit of a job of hiding it because at least Starscream with his weird like wide torso. That's a good like thing to do with the wings mm-hmm. to to try and and chunk that out some. But well, Aaron, let's let's just go right into blackout because this is a toy that's been like a decade long joke, mm-hmm. and and it's also like a perfect coda, I guess, to that original live action movie universe. That you know, ten years later, finally, mm-hmm. uh, they're 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 oh, I guess eleven years later by this point. Yeah. Um, because this toy looks really, this toy looks way better in these photos than those original couple shots, and I didn't realize he, he had a Scorponok as well, mm-hmm. and that Scorponok looks real cool. So, Aaron, like, you're 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 a guy who believes in helicopters. How do you feel about how they they did this, dude? <laughs> you son of um, <laughs> what? <laughs> it, I, I had a little it, bit of voip lag there. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um. Is it bad when the only points that I have against it are the the hinge pieces that have to stand out that aren't on the actual helicopter and that the air filters on front of those engines should, if nothing else, be filled in with plastic nonsense rather than be hollow? I mean, and those, are like those are my, legit. Those are like my 
two crits. That sounds like it. kind of like you you say those crits to highlight how how well that helicopter turned out. Is, is mm-hmm. how I'm taking that because I I thought the helicopter looked real good and I was just wondering like did they do anything proportionally weird? But it sounds like it's just the results of it having to transform and fit into a leader price point. Yeah. No. The well. So for the um, the air vent things that I'm talking about the the black uh, tapered cones. Yeah, yeah. The, the, those are those are dust filters for the jet intakes because they look like they're kind of just half missing in a yeah. way. And and so when you see them on real aircraft, uh, CH, an earlier model version, but I'm just trying to find one that has a good image that might kind of show what I'm talking about. You mean you, um, you airplane people don't have like just all the stuff ready to go? Like, like ah, air filters. Yes. Hey, hey boom! There you go. And, <laughs> um, so maybe ah, not the yeah. best angle of it. They, they look but, much like missiles here. <laughs> yeah. So on that on that front on view of uh, of a D, because I I'm pretty sure that uh, Blackout is a D model, not an E model, but. Um, if they just had, even if they just like had a couple of plastic strakes in there, well, you know what? So just to kind of fluff that out some, so, so they have a piece that looks like what's the, so on here fold forward for vehicle mode slightly. It looks like. Yeah. Because if you look at the robot mode, there's more stuff extending into the hollow space than on the vehicle mode. So on the robot mode, there's these other little pylon-y looking things that are kind of pushed. Unless those are different, no. Yeah. Those no, different. I, I think I think that it's just a matter of the two photos of oh, alt mode angle. just kind of catch it at an odd angle. Yeah. yeah. So the, it has something that is mimicking the. Uh, hold on, gotta sneeze. Hachoo, he said. Ugh. Uh, I just Newt sneezed. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> See, I was good about it. I'm, I'm just going to give air. you an edit point if you really wanted to. Um, so, like, the top-down photo that we see of him, you see what looks like, I believe, part of the, like, the transmit, or the uh, the engine output over to, the, there's a big, big old freaking transmission in there that takes two or three inputs and turns them into one output. Um, you see part of that? Yeah. And, yeah. and it'd be nice if they just took and just like ran a couple of pieces of plastic up to help fill that volume out i'll bet but, you yeah. i'll bet you five bucks someone on shapeways at least just makes a piece just, to wedge just in makes there. a plug because that I, that's not i i, I would all. i would it's... i would spend money to to get a little plug to fill that in yeah that, that part um, doesn't, if that part isn't moving it clearly is not going to impede the transformation to have a just a plug stuffed in yeah. there so i bet that's what's i bet someone will do that yeah, um, but no, it is it is a very impressive rendition of of AC Stallion, and like um, someone I would call basically like one of the two most iconic movie Decepticons along with yeah. Barricade. Um, are you gonna buy two and, so you can have one as Grindor and get his face shredded open? It, not for that reason. Uh, Odds are I'm going to buy as many of these as I see because. Oh, it's a helicopter we support. Yeah, you got to have those are, hanging there around are quite in the a, office. There are quite a few movie blackouts sitting on people's desks <laughs> uh, between the original release and the like, the slightly better uh, release that was the done. Premium. 
uh, the premium one that was done down the line. And uh, yeah, this will this will definitely get some play at the office. I'll All just right. ha- I'll just as I find them, I'll bring them in and have them at my desk and be like, yo. <laughs> Yo, you need some of that helicopter noise? So now you all know when there's a leader blackout shortage in America sometime in the next few months, you'll know who to call. Yep. Uh, He's not going to sell you any of them because they're going to the office, but at least you'll know who to call. Look, it'll be better than Viacons were, okay? Is it, though? Because you're troop building a leader toy. No, no. Because I wouldn't be troop building it. What I'd be doing no, is I would just be buying I, I would, every single one. I, right. Sorry. I would be resupply. Yeah. I would be resupplying them for other people. Uh huh. Yeah. That's that is basically a long winded. Because okay, yes, you're not buying a bunch of them to stand together as troops who are built. You're mm-hmm. just going to buy every single one you see. That's right. Okay. Good. We cleared that up. <laughs> Um, TJ, how are you feeling about Leader Blackout now that we're seeing, like, proper shots of them? Well, I don't want a whole fleet of them. Um, well, we, we, we don't work in helicopter, you know, so we don't need to worry about that. You know, you know, this is, this is a perfect masterstroke by Hasbro and Takara. You know, after ten years of Leader Blackout, yeah, I, I, I am... I feel like I need to get this toy just because this is the toy that was never supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Oh. He looks good. Credit to him. It's a crazy design, and it actually works here. I can't believe that they also just sort of flipped a little Scorponok in with him. Like, I figured that would get budgeted out. Well, they had to. It's, it's, yeah, it's, you've, it's, got, you've got enough space in the tail. I know, it's, but like... It's one of two things he did. He did that shockwave thing that took out the base, and he 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 pooped out a scorpion. It looks like there's a bunch of moving parts on that scorpionock as well. Like, at least the tail, if not, like, some of the legs. I'm just impressed. Uh, I hope this guy it, feels it, good it has, in hand. It has at least two joints in the tail as opposed to the other one's one. Well, the other one wasn't the tail just, like, a springy thing. Yeah. Or am I thinking of the deluxe? No, it was it was the tail was a springy thing because that was also kind of what gave it a kick when you hit yeah. the when you hit the button to drop the like frame that held it in place. Yeah, to floop it out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh jeez, I just scrolled down. Someone already has Voyager Starscream in hand and and made a video of it on YouTube. I'll have to look at that later. Uh that'll probably provide an underside shot of the jet. Um, TJ, how about, uh, Leader Grimlock, a uh, guy who has had, um, I guess, like, this is the closest, uh, to a, well, no, Stinger had a figure in Japan. I take it back. But Grimlock is a, is a figure design that's, like, fairly new, and, uh, this looks like they're, they are already acknowledging some of the, the issues of accuracy with the last two figures that he got in these lines. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm 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 digging it because I I like the movie Dinobots as as a rule they all kind of work for me, and uh, for them to do him in like his crazy movie colors it's like yeah I got my I got my Megazord colored one, uh, so I'm I'm down with having like a you know more dull movie one that's all shreddy metal colors. Don't say Megazord colored one. They can actually do that now. Right, yeah, we, yeah, 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 yeah. That's also some Toy Fair news. We're, we, I wanted to focus on the Transformers first, but we're probably going to touch on that now that we're we're almost through Studio <laughs> Series. Uh, no, no, I no the the Grimlock is crazy looking. Like I was, 
so done with Dinobots. I didn't feel like I needed any more after all these. I've been through good ones and okay ones. I've kept, I've sold off some, kept the ones I liked. This Grimlock looks freaking brutal. Yeah, and mm-hmm. th- this looks like production colors, too. Like, they have a package sample sitting right there. Yeah. And the friggin' in the package sample, like, you can, you know, his, his arm isn't fully transformed. The friggin' lower jaw of the T-Rex is actually in the forearm, it looks like. Like, it's, it's flipped around in the, the ones that are standing on the shelf, but the one in package, it's slightly untransformed. And the left forearm is like the lower arm or the lower jaw of the T-Rex head. So, you know, <laughs> this looks awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I, I love how much detail's gone into him. He's made of shrapnel and in a very, very good way. Yeah, the and, only thing that could go wrong with this figure is if he's not very poseable. Um, and it looks like all of his major joints are there and accounted for, and he's got a friggin' waist joint. Uh, oh, in the in the package, his his legs are actually in a sideways running pose to fit him into the box. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and you said they weren't getting any bigger. I know. I'm just realizing he's bigger than the box, so they really are doing this whole scale thing with him for robot mode. Uh, Aaron, how you feeling about new leader Grimlock? Uh. It definitely made of blades. Yeah. And and, knife and and done well. And did anybody see if Optimus Prime can ride Grimlock? If they're going yes. if they are going to invest so hard into scale before all, I hope that Prime on the bottom of his crotch has some slot. Grimlock has the appropriate peg. And this can happen. I These hit- are the noises of us. All- I'm scrambling through photos now, trying to see if I can piece this together. Or I not. I could swear I've seen it. I could swear I saw somebody do it with those. Display yes, figures. you're right. I saw that on Twitter or Facebook. Someone at least I at s- least put that Prime on the back of that Grimlock. I saw like Prime it. is big, but but it's the right size. Yeah, it someone works. did that at Toy Fair as at least as a gag photo, and I don't I don't remember who did it. Damn, yeah, I'm remembering now. Oh well, because uh, that also that, that closes up Studio Series, so we can we can get onto some more stuff. But mm-hmm. the Grimlock is is looking good. The Studio Series is looking good. Like, I'm not going to tell anyone to like the movie designs. I've always said this about movie toys I like, but it's like as someone who's cool with them, like where generations at times starts feeling a little stagnant in in how much it's going. Like, hey, what if we put joints on the G1 toy uh, with with some stuff like. Studio Series is feeling like, hey, what if we stop making every movie line its own separate thing, sometimes with its own separate gimmick? What if we just make a bunch of things where the gimmick is the robot modes are all scaled? Uh, and then we're going to just do it as long as people buy it. I'm like, yeah, that sounds cool. That sounds really cool. Um, the only other Transformer stuff uh, is under my and etc. Uh, I went through all this with Seth before. Was there anything in the etc. links that really caught you guys? Um like Super 7 has some cool looking stuff going on as far as like retro non-transforming figures and giant head buckets but that that's really the the highlights for me. So the thing I want to clarify the those model kits like what do we know how much do we know about like are those so, going to be like like you can buy at the hobby shop model kits or are those the something model kits, else? The model kits are, as far as I understand, they're going to be sold Gundam style, as far okay. as, like, you know, you, you buy them in a box. The model kits are Starscream and Optimus. 
The other three figures here are the $300 Sentinel designed, like, super articulated with lots of internal moving parts, LEDs, and etc. Okay. Uh, so there are two different series here, and I, and I saw a comment saying that that wasn't as clear as I'd, I'd hoped it was in the last episode. So Drift is out now. Drift, Tarn, and Star Saber are three hundred something dollar, four hundred something dollar figures. Okay, uh, that are super high end. Um, Starscream and Optimus are smaller, and they're going to be model kits. And the model kit line is a different visual designer than the uh, the Kuro Karakuri line. Okay. Uh, Kuro Karakuri are the figures. Okay, because that's where I was like, I was lost between and even like just flipping through images because it's all, I mean, it's all design, it's all like flame toys. Yeah. But if it's dr- if it's Drifter, a great prototype, it's a somewhat large figure okay. that is like chemical attack designed. It's like those Iron Man figures I yell mm-hmm. about all the time. Um, the drift is out. He's I've 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 handled test shots of him before, and I'm I would love to pick up the finished one because he's he is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Ian Reed Hard Return has one, and I mess with it a bit. Uh, and the finished product version is excellent. Okay. Um, the only the only bummer about him is that like it's a bummer to turn his LEDs on because you have to kind of get into a whole bunch of different nooks and crannies for the switches. Oh. Uh, but that you know you also could just not turn the LEDs on if you don't mm-hmm. want to. <laughs> Um, but yeah, hopefully that cleared it up. If, any, if anyone's still confused about them, like I can, or any of the previous photos, like the the expensive chemical attack design ones that we've seen so far in prototypes, it's only Drift, Tarn, and Star Saber, and a different Optimus that was at a show last year. Um, the Optimus and Starscream on display at Toy Fair are from the model kits, as are the Bumblebee and the Hound that were at a show last year. Um, and the, the model kits are. They're kind of they're looking real cool. I'm re- I'm very hyped for those. Uh, I, I like a lot of the visual designs on them, like Optimus having the tire uh, on the head of his axe. Mm-hmm. Um, or for Bumblebee, they're doing like G1 Bumblebee's wheel placement as like giant shoulder wheels and forearm wheels. Um, Aaron, is there anything else in the etc. Um, uh, you were thinking all about? of the merch is weird. The Super Seven merch is kind of cool. The, the the like collectible. Halloween buckets. I mean, that's that's the, the dumbest Super Seven merch. But even then, there's and, something kind and, of amusing about it. And then one of them it. is Xenomorph with like cute little inner jaws. I well, they they got that license yeah. right. So the... <laughs> I don't know. All, a, a bunch of that was just like, hey, look, it's merch. It's SD vinyl yeah. keychains. It's blind pack stuff. It's like the the muscle figures are kind of neat because they're basically decoys, yeah. uh, and, that, and that's kind of like if they fully paint them, I might be down for a couple packs of those. And then Mighty Mugs are back with the, I I could swear with amazing. I, I faces. could swear I saw that there was another line that was. I think that they've got a Marvel line of those right now that have that gimmick that are out already. I want to say I could swear I saw them at Walmart where. It, it was like uh, I don't care about the, those. It was like you rotate the thing, and it has like two or three faces on like an internal spindle. So each of them, the, the Transformers e- faces, each of them all have a face. So yeah, good. like the Marvel ones can't possibly be this good. No, uh, these these are these are delightful. Uh, TJ, did you have any thoughts on on the, the return of Transformers Mighty Mugs? I mostly just like the faces. I would just like. <laughs> I'd like some art of these faces. 
I, I kind of I kind of jumped ship when they had three faces for Starscream and none of them were the schemey smirk face. They aren't, but the the one with his eyes really wide is so good. <laughs> like I like it so much. Just just seems like it's pro- it seems like the faces are just like progressively like the stages of passing a stone. Yeah, but Transformers look real funny when they're passing kidney stones. Like Megatron's got the one eye shut, he's just like, "Oh, it's a big one." <laughs> just all have that little bit of the expression of, "What's a kidney?" Yeah, <laughs> why do I have it now? Bumblebee's just sticking his tongue out, going like, "Screw you, kidney!" And in his surprise face, is like, "Oh no, <laughs> here it comes." Uh, TJ, do, do, do you have any thoughts on any of the other etc. merch? Um, I did like the Super 7 stuff. There's part of me that wants just, like, a big Megatron head just for no apparent reason. A little cereal to eat cereal out of. Well, I figure if I ever do, like, a Starscream cosplay, like, a severed Megatron head goes perfect for that. Uh, I kind of like the Super Cyborgs, like, the 12-inch, like, super cartoon-accurate figures. Yeah, yeah, because those, those very much, the translucent parts on them tell me this is, when they say Cyborg, it's supposed to be, like, Henshin Cyborg. Yeah, um, and I think that's a really cool idea to carry over to other licenses, especially when the sculpts are, you know, yeah, this this cartoony. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I could see so many people buying those and just painting up all that clear. Just screw this. I just want this to actually look <laughs> like what's a henshin cyborg? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <it's> like, <laughs> like the, okay, look, this it's a twelve inch figure of like like the animation model just walked right off the TV. And this clear stuff is ruining it. Just give me a paintbrush and we'll fix this. I don't know how feasible it would be, but I think Super 7 would move more of these if there was, like, a swap-out option on that. Oh, absolutely. Because uh, Henshin Cyborg is not the easiest homage to to sell someone on, I have found. Because at the end of the day, it kind of just means the chest is translucent, you know? And <laughs> that's, not, that's not everyone's cup of tea. Um... Well, if we're at the end of Toy Fair, I would like to briefly talk about it, since you guys probably have something to say. But yeah, Hasbro, like, is about a year away from just buying Power Rangers as a property. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are now they are now the toy licensor, and that deal is like, yeah, and after a year, we're gonna, we're going to be having first dibs to just buy Power Rangers if we really want it. Is, um, is that what it was, or that after a year, Haim Saban might sell it well, to n- not like they, it's a, it's a no, might they, okay Cause, yeah. cause, like like as as a as a master license holder they have the option to negotiate if they yeah, want to right they, they part of part of the deal they made to become master license owner is that they they will have basically first dibs to option purchasing the entire franchise uh and i i would bet you Haim saban is not necessarily attached to this franchise as he is to getting a sack of money yeah and and I think it would be for the better also if it got away from Haim Saban. Uh, I think this is already a positive move because, you know what, at least now, like, there's a sense of surprise to what might come out for Power Rangers as opposed to just this, like, predictable chain of legacy items and also halfway through any legacy series, it's probably going to taper out and just fizzle. Uh, and then my understanding is that, like, all the passionate people at Bandai don't work there anymore. So it's just been like Power Rangers fans have been stuck with this company that doesn't really like them very much in Bandai of America. Um, and I also see this as like, this seems like, like Hasbro seems like a company 
that is more open to doing stuff like referencing the Boom Studios comics and all of the like kajillion designs that have come out of that so far. Just, you know, well, well, Hasbro isn't as tone deaf to, fa- to their fans as Bandai America is. Mm. Yeah, there's that. I'm just thinking about like how is this going to work with Bandai of Japan since they tend to be the leaders on on oh, how it, the stuff actually happens, and then going to what's like a competitor of their overseas so uh, here's the thing i always forget here's the thing i always forget that i was reminded immediately even though they got the same name bandai of america and bandai is still a separate yeah. company oh i know i know but, it, Japan. but at least so, like, it's like it's your idiot cousin like well like, it's, you see yeah. my like family yeah, reunions and you're like yeah we're family we'll take this photo but now it's like i'm taking my stuff and then it's not going to my idiot cousin who he'll do something with it, I guess. It's it's going yeah. to to somebody else entirely outside of the family. What what well, it means is that you're not going to see Bandai of Japan product sold over here, most probably. And it probably means that the Super Sentai Artisan Legacy like tandem thing is is probably over. And I, to be honest, I think that's for the better too. Yeah, uh, I mean. I mean, there's precedent for this. I mean, the same thing happens with a yokai watch toy line. Yeah. Where Bandai Japan does it over there, and then Hasbro does it over here. And they just re-engineer the stuff from the ground up, which is what Bandai America's been doing with Power Rangers for years anyway. And they've just not been very good at it half the time. (laughs) And, uh... Also, like, like, there's so many other things, like, like Hasbro, when it comes to collector lines, Hasbro has more experience and also more readiness to dip its toe into doing a collector piece. And, well, and Hasbro seems less likely to look at a Power Ranger and go like, you know what, we should uh, just jab some of this growth hormone into the biceps. Th- well, uh, that's, that was my thinking. Like, when they went and did the legacy action figure line, it's like, okay, here's legacy designs you know we're doing a collector's action figure line like marvel legends and whatnot but they do the same design aspect they do for little kids where it's like we want them to look as buff as the superheroes so they don't look weak on the toy shelves but then they went and did that for the line for collectors too yeah and mm-hmm. and also had some like the the thing about legacy six inch figures that put me off collecting any of it because i just didn't want to go through the trouble was how their build-a-figure setup was not confined to a wave, it seemed. I, uh, that was the dumbest yeah. thing. Because I, I saw those on the shelf, and I'm like, those look cool. I'll buy all of the the Hurricangers. I like them. And then even them, I think, it was like two, one or two of the Hurricangers were one wave, and then another one was a wave later. And then no, I was no, like, they, no, they were, they were three. No, all three were in wave one. Okay. And then the red and green Mighty Morphin were the other two in the wave. Okay. Now, I have no excuse then why I skipped the Hurricane. I think I just but looked like, at the whole thing and was like, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah, but like the Red Ranger came with a torso of the the original Megazord, and then it was two waves later you could actually complete that build a figure. Yeah, it's it's like which it, it's, it's, the it's, thing with Hasbro and even with Mattel that you can be sure of is like, well, you know what, the build a figure will be the case. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, the let's let's just be honest. The build a figure is a scam to get you to buy the whole wave. Yeah, because mm-hmm. every wave of Marvel Legends comes with that C-list villain nobody wants, or that really bad Iron Man suit. But you buy it anyway because it has that last piece of Groot. Yeah. Except for Black Panther, the Iron Man in that has nothing. Uh, so I can actually skip that Iron Man if I decide to go for those. But to put across like three waves, like well, yeah. if your store didn't sell that well, that wave doesn't come in, and you're kind of screwed. Mm-hmm. Or if the line doesn't, 
or the line gets canceled abruptly. You've got and, yeah. two arms and a head and yeah. nothing else. And for something so nostalgia oriented as well, it's not like you can really pepper this out and like have media to ride on. It's just like you're already hoping someone remembers the Power Rangers in space design. Because also, wasn't there one and of then, those waves that was like heavy packed, where it wasn't well, yeah, the, it wasn't the, like oh, there's uh, you know a case of eight and it's two of each of four or something it was like one one three two or something weird yeah they, they also like if i understand if i recall correctly their case layouts were also still based on like you know your usual data for figuring out how many characters yeah. oh everybody know, everybody's going to want to buy the red ranger so we'll pack three of the those in there and nobody then, buys girls and then also well so it was nobody buys girls this is what i understand it was first it was well we don't know if people are going to buy girls and then it was okay we've released a case which is just four of each of two girls or something and then because they shelf warm they said well no one seems to want to buy girls and you're just like you know if you just put the team in the case (laughs) i bet you you would have sold more of Mm -hmm. them yeah (laughs) yeah uh so this yeah this all just seems like a really positive piece of news to me like Hasbro Collector 6-inch has a really good, solid track record for, like, at least having the baseline articulation done well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd be happy if they'd just be willing to do villains. They, I mean, Those... this is the big thing for me, is if Hasbro decides, like, I don't think it's going to happen year one, aside from maybe some Mighty Morphin stuff to test the waters and to test their own waters. But I think when Hasbro gets into doing collector stuff for Power Rangers, it's going to be like, no, we're also going to look at villains and we're going to look at Boom Studios. They're going to friggin' do, the, what's his name, Lord Dracon? Yeah, well, Bandai is doing a Lord Dracon. Oh, they it's, are? Too? It's, a, it's a Power Morphicon exclusive. Well, okay, congratulations then to them. Yeah. I, f- I feel like something like that is more likely, like, only, I would only say Lord Dracon would be the one they'd try it out with, but he's going to be the, like, in the Star Wars Black series, when they have, like, the one EU character still every now and then. Like, mm-hmm. I bet you they will slip a Lord Dracon in if that line has picks up any steam by, like, wave two or three. Right. Uh, and it just feels like that's something that they're more likely to look at doing, I guess, outside of a Morphicon exclusive. Um. Yeah, it seems really. Ex- I mean, also, I'm not as attached to Power Rangers, obviously, as like people who have that as like their main, you know, fandom and internet community. But as someone who sits on the sidelines for it a whole lot, this seems like a really good piece of news. And I'm not even going as far as to say like, and they're gonna make super articulated Megazords because they they probably won't. Like the if if they when they do their Beast Morphers, also freaking Beast Morphers. Uh, when when they do the toy line for that, I'm expecting it's going to look like a fusion of the kids' Star Wars line and, like, the RID 2015 line. So, like, you know, decent sculpts, uh, five points of articulation. I bet with the Power Rangers, they might see if they can sneak in, like, ball hinge stuff on the shoulders. And then I would expect the Megazords are going to be, like, you know, more articulated than Bandai Megazords, but not, like, Transformers articulated. Um, I just think, like, as a baseline, they'll probably be more articulated. Well, anything that isn't 20 years behind every other toy line mm-hmm. on the shelf. Yeah. yeah. And, and also Beast Morphers, right? So they're using, they're using, um, it's not Go Onger, Jiminy Cricket. Go Buster. Go Busters. Uh, the Go Busters mecha designs, especially the Red Ranger one, it's a friggin' Transformer already. Yeah. So, like, it's like they, it's like they picked the perfect series to cut their teeth on this stuff of, like, a figure just going by what the the puppet on the TV show has to do. This figure will have a basic suite of articulation, you know. Well, this was this was my thought: is that not only do you have like 
a, a Megazord line that is radically different from your standard Megazords that you've been getting. You've also got completely different suit designs. Like one of the things they promoted was like the you know first time ever leather suits for Power Rangers. Yeah, yeah. And that automatically means your toy line is going to have a completely different aesthetic than all of these other muscle bound primary colored mm-hmm. guys. Yeah. that we've been getting for years. And the freaking the, like the line that everyone thought you know that that even Bandai of Japan kind of like petered out on to some degree. You know, like they're they're. I saw on Twitter immediately people going like, "Hey, uh, so the quote unquote Dark Ranger from GoBusters, a whole lot of people sure would like it if you made that." <laughs> uh, it seems just really, really interesting and exciting to look forward to. The one other thing I want to throw in because this is just so funny. So you know how uh, Super Sentai just finished having its series called Q Ranger, right? Famously, oh, I love this part. Bandai of America got their fingers all over the visual and gimmick designs for Q Rangers to try to set it up to more easily be palatable to a North American market. If I have my timelines correct, so not only did all of that work kind of screw up Q Rangers mecha designs to some degree, but Bandai of America is not going to have the license when it's time to reap any of the benefit of all that meddling. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, it like I I don't know how how much this is grain of salt. I have heard a lot of people saying that their meddling was not anything anyone at Toei seemed to really enjoy, and it also which makes one wonder if that has something to do with some of this deal. <laughs> well, I I can see why like Bandai of America has been getting saddled with these like well here's a, here's a toy line about trains I'm like. American kids don't care about trains. What else you got? Here's one based on cubes. Those look terrible. Yeah. What else do you have? The other thing about those, right? And this is this, so this was Bandai of America's line, as I understand it, is those they couldn't get those to work with Zord Builder. They wanted something that is Zord Builder ready. And you look at and you look at Q Ranger, right? Q Rangers all hey limb swaps. And you're like, oh cool, Zord Builder. You you pre Zord Builder it. You know what? I was saying this on Twitter, and I'm and I'm like I'm sticking to it. They got to put a, a villain in somewhere in Beast Morphers. He's just some guy who's, who's like the Zord Builder, <laughs> and all he uh, his his goal is to <laughs> homogenize mecha design <laughs> so that it all fits into the same pegs and sockets. Because <laughs> it sounds like Zord Builder was a huge reason as well why they skipped on the trains and uh, and the cube. Like the cubes are not Zord Builder. I, I could see that. Really, like it. So you know, granted, the cubes were also weird. But um, as a friend of mine put it, like the cubes were also Minecraft. Yeah. And well, Minecraft that was the, Power that was the Rangers, original premise. Yeah, like like the original. That would have done gangbusters in in North American shelves, wouldn't it? Because like, isn't Minecraft just nah. a license to print money for the most part? I mean, Minecraft, Minecraft, yes, but it's not Minecraft. It's ripoff Minecraft. Yeah, it doesn't even rip off Minecraft. Minecraft but doesn't but do still, well. it's any of those. It's because those tube heroes figures. Th- those are not. Th- those are sitting around, but someone's still ordering those, and those are Minecraft mm-hmm. ripoffs. So, really, they are completely all on clearance. When I was at Toys R Us today, I oh, know they are. They are on clearance, but like I have, I have seen at least one refresh on a shelf of those, like not being there and then coming back. I feel like someone. But even even that is inherently based on Minecraft because those are YouTubers who do Minecraft. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's just the, the Minecraft aesthetic seems to like click with a lot of kids, and I feel like it would have been neat to see what Zuoger, you know, being brought to the states, like if that would have connected with that through line. 
Um, and it feels like, you know, that, what I'm saying is now at least like it seems like that's something that could be experimented with. As opposed to like looking at it and going like, well, that's not Zord Builder ready. Uh, I understand there are some folks who really dug Zord Builder. I just was like, after a few years of it, I kept looking at it going like, this seems like a, it seems like every robot toy is just having to make room for a big ass socket and a big ass peg that is the same as the last bunch so that you can, you can put other toys, arms and legs together. And like, I don't know. <laughs> no, I did a video on this and from what I gathered, Zord Builder fell out of fashion with a lot of fans yeah it it looked like weak Mugenbein to me like the way it could have worked is if they went nuts with you know adding additional pegs and sockets and it sounds like some toys did from what i'm recalling but it, it also seems like it never was leaned into enough to make it an open play pattern so much as it, it often just ended up being like i put his arms on his torso mm-hmm. Ta-da! i'm done <laughs> uh anyway that's your that's your off topic toy fair news. <laughs> Was there any other t- toy fair stuff that caught you guys um, outside of Transformers and outside of Power Rangers? I guess um, the only other thing I can think of is like I'd mentioned tiny video game, uh, tiny arcade machines that were playable last episode, and then TJ, you you actually have one. Yeah, uh, and it was it was twenty bucks for the Space mm-hmm. Invaders one. Yep. Uh, so those are those are out and about. It sounds like if they're the same company, and it looks like the one that I saw in in David Fake Eyes's video. Um, because if we haven't got anything else Toy Fair wise, then let's close up with with some still Toy Fair on topic. What we got this week, uh, Aaron? I want to jump over to you just to hit the Power of the Prime stuff, so you can tell me about Moon Racer. Tell me, because oh, I, I thought want you'd want to hear about f- Battle Trap first, but okay. No, I I already you know what. <laughs> Being on Twitter, I've heard all about Battle Trap, and all I know is I'm really upset that I still haven't seen him. <laughs> <laughs> no, so um, I really like Moon Racer. Like I said before, um, so I got, uh, to make it official, I got all of the Wave 2 Deluxes and Legends. So mm-hmm. that is for the whole list, and I grabbed the cards just so I don't mess up names. Uh, Moon Racer, Ripper Snapper, Terrorcon Ripper Snapper, Dinobot Snarl, Blackwing, Dinobot Sludge. And then uh, Tailgate, Battle Slash, and Road Trap. But for uh, Moon Racer, uh, I like it um, like because it's not a lot like anything else that we've gotten. Um, my, uh, my, my issue that I'll start with is that I, I wish something better went on with her hands. Because they end up just like folded up and hanging out on the backside of the car mode. Mm-hmm. And I wish that something could have potentially been done with the handgun thing because it's molded in the same, like, you know, turquoise, turquoise. tealish, and white plastic as the rest of her car. And she has a spot where you plug it in. To just like, hey, it can hang out there, and I kind of wish either they'd made a different version of the hand chest armor weird thing that filled in that hole a little bit differently or better, because it's very close. Because yeah, I was wondering if it integrated. It seems like something that could have integrated back there, yeah, more cleanly. It it it, it very much could have, and I'm I'm the like the disappointment is that. Like, you could have made something maybe a little bit narrower or a little bit different, but instead it's the same, like, two-jet thing that I think first came with Jazz. 
Yeah, and and it can clip onto her chest, and no and one it, likes it, it when can, it does. Yeah, like like <laughs> all of these, um, it just like it thumb tab. It uses the thumb tab bits to to tab into the side of the chest. That, that's something I wish someone had asked the Q and A. Was like, so how do you guys feel about the uh, chest gimmick for the deluxes? Because they'd have to give a positive spin, right? So right. I want to know what the positive spin for that is. <laughs> but uh, beyond those negatives, so. The way that she transforms, she does end up with, like, the mid-car chunk as a backpack. Yeah. But it's on a double hinge, so it all comes together. Her her wheel guards help kind of tuck it in as well. And because... So you twist her at, a, like, above the pelvis and then below the pelvis line for her transformation. Mm-hmm. And so then, like, the only stuff on her kibble-wise, then, is, like, the backpack as kibble, which, when you have it all folded together, it's, I mean, it's a backpack that sits, that sticks out, like, one and a half body widths, or body thicknesses, Mm -hmm. so it's, I mean, it is a healthy backpack, but then she has, like, a little bit of arm armor, and the big chunk around the the lower legs. And, th- and does she balance okay with the backpack? Because that's she, my biggest question. She, she balances all right. She has pretty big feet because it's like the whole like front section of the car. Yeah. Like that whole front window is her foot. So she ends up with some, some pretty big feet. And so, yeah, a little bit of a, of a V stance and she stands pretty well against that big weight of the backpack. I'm so happy to hear that, like, anyone has a nice thing to say about that figure, because, like, the alt mode and the transformation scheme both look really cool to me. The The backpack ended up making me go, like, oh, man, is she going to fall over? But if she doesn't just fall over... No, she doesn't uh, just fall over. Yeah, it sounds like I'm going to end up digging this figure. But So then the other thing that, to me, was really neat was turning her into the lower leg mode mm-hmm. she has an entirely different like in that middle cockpit section yeah. she has a hidden peg that you fold down into place and then you take her lower legs and so she kind of has like a double knee joint yeah you take that and you fold it up and then you like twist her arms a little bit differently and then that is how she makes the lower leg mode. So it's an entirely different take on the, like, instead of just like the jet kind of crunched up or the dinosaur kind of crunched up or whatever, just kind of crunched up. And it's a different, like they hit a, a different port in there, the way that, um, oh, I'm trying to remember the scramble city. Um, this is, this um, is sounding like what Rook did that was really cool on Defensor, yeah. where like Rook actually had like, instead of just squishing up, he had a little bit more transformation and lock together stuff going on mm-hmm. for his limb modes that it just was more interesting. And, and she like, she doesn't have anything hanging off of her combiner port to make other gimmicky stuff happen. Yeah. Um, it's, it's definitely a nice different take on, on how to do it. Um, and I think because she has the 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 recolor retool coming out, I think it'll also look really good for um, 
like symmetrical Elita legs. Infinite one it for Elita Infinite one it. Yes. Yeah. Um, we didn't mention that here. I, I I'll say it again. That is the best combined Elita one name you could have, like Elita Infinite. Yeah. Like you know, mixing the one in there is cute, but I'm gonna forget about it just because going from like all right, I'm Elita one. Now I combine and now I just go straight up to Elita Infinite. Infinite. I'm like okay, yeah. you're you're IDW Elita one. You're, <laughs> I want this figure very much. <laughs> but I I think it does. It's it's a good different take on the way to make these limbs work. Well, also and, it's like. And there's it, gonna be, or And it's well, it it's that it's a completely different, like Cybertronian vehicle mode that we like rarely get to see anything that's like even when it's a Cybertronian vehicle, it's like hey, there's very clearly a normal vehicle aesthetic at play here because right there's where the cockpit would be. Instead, like yeah, there's this big area that I guess you could theoretically sit in, but it looks entirely different than anything else that's come about before. And I'm I'm so into how it's not one of the the four or five combiner wars templates. Mm-hmm. For for a deluxe figure. Like yeah. it's it's and because... also there's there's going to be two of them and like it's mm-hmm. that's probably going to be it. And so it's like we've got these two figures, you know, they got their ups and downs, but at least they're so different and then Jazz is kind of his own thing. Uh like the, the uh, there's less homogenization I'm finding with these limbs. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. then through the other deluxes, uh, I got Blackwing like the next day. So I went to there's a Walmart that I can kind of hit on my way home from work. And I'd been hitting it up daily when I was seeing people go like, hey, go check out your Walmarts. I'm like, yes, finally. And it like they had all but Blackwing out and the pegs were full. I was like, uh, OK, and da 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 da. And then texted a friend and let him know, hey. You know, you're looking for these. They got everything. They had one Moon Racer. I grabbed it, but they have a Ripper Snapper and both the Dinobots. Sweet. Okay. And so then the next day, I get a message, and he's like, yeah, I had to run back to that Walmart to grab diapers, and they put out another case. So if you need a Blackwing, I tucked it behind uh, something else for you. I was like, oh, okay. Hey, this, this Walmart's actually like five minutes from work. I got to go get something at Walmart right now. I'll be back. And uh, so went and picked him up. And it is, it is very much the sea is very much the same skeleton as most of the other jets have been, except for the entire back is different because of the way that like all all the way that the stuff flips up out of the way to jam into the backside of his duocon brother because somewhere in one of the instructions it. Mentions duocons for them as well. Um, oh, as like a, as like a, uh, I guess description of what they're yeah. doing. Yeah. Okay. Combines with duocon, whatever. And I was, I was like, wondering oh. how much they even called it out because there was nothing about it on. Uh, yeah. You know the wave so one. So it is. It is. Yeah. No. It is. And it doesn't even on the wave one guy, um, who we remember the name so lovingly of. Uh, I don't think it ever mentioned it because all you do with him is you take his wing, you fold his tail planes up and you take his wings and rotate them down. And that's all you do for him. For Blackwing, you have to uh, crack the, his his back up. You His wings, the like wing roots are ball joints that connect into one part of his back. 
and then you flip the 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 thing I'm not terribly fond of is his head is on uh, a pen that shares a joint with the the jet nose, and so his head and like the jet nose flips up and that's fine, but the head is on is not on the the upper one of those hinges, so you kind of have to like tuck his face down so it's in a big cavernous thing. Yeah, and then there is a peg that flips out from around the combiner port, like the combiner chunk nonsense uh, for that port, that then gives you a peg to very loosely plug into the like the hand foot peg hole slot of his of his partner, and then that is how you do the combined jet. So it's it's a thing that's like it's really cool that they did this that you know they're referencing back to the original release of these guys back in G1. And it's, again, yet another way that they are making more stuff happen with what is essentially the same mold that's been released for the last couple of years. Well, even with the Wave 1 guy, I was like, yes, he's got Ariel bot in him, but, like, his wings and fins are all doing such different stuff. Yeah, uh, like I, I, I was like, I was it, like, I get it, but also to call him a remold, I'm like, this is almost letting down some yeah. of the stuff he's doing. Well, and it, but it is to the same like this. It's the same legs, the same arms, um, as some of the uh, aerial bots were. Yeah, yeah. The the front of the, the legs was a bummer it's, for me. It's, that they it's were... again, it's again a thing with the the shared tooling or partial or, tooling, or partial tooling copy. Um, but yeah, it's the same clamshell legs. It's, it's very reminiscent of, cause it wasn't Blackwing before. It was a Darkwing. Darkwing. Um, so it, it works well. Uh, and, and the way I try to remember it is version. Darkwing because Darkwing duck and Dreadwind okay. because a Dreadwind is a way to describe a fart. And there are always every now and then Transformers whose names just sound like like, like ideas for what your farts are. Okay. All right. We can go with that. Um, yeah. I, I'm here to help. <laughs> um, the the only other thing that was kind of a wish is I di- wish that there is a good way again, to integrate these hand shield things for their combined mode. Like, I'll plug them into their chest ports that you use it when it's the chest armor to try and give them, like, quasi-landing gear because otherwise there's no, like... They don't quite line up perfectly for everything, at least on mine, to be like, hey, look, it's a combined jet thing. So at least when those are on their chest, it makes, like, weird giant landing gear that kind of levels it out. Yeah, it seems to me like for the combined jet mode, it's, it's mostly just jam them yeah. on and pretend like they're power yeah. masters. They're they're very um, swooshable at that point, but not much beyond it. Well, before we continue on into the rest of the deluxes, uh, I wanted to bop over to TJ to hit a pair of the Studio Series guys that uh, are the ones mm-hmm. I'm the most curious about, that being Bumblebee and Stinger, because uh, I have a lot of vested interest in Stinger, and I'm also kind of just curious, like, exactly how that Bumblebee fell apart, uh, which seems to be the story for that Bumblebee. Yeah. So, yeah, the Bumblebee... So, yeah, it's been mentioned before, but just to get out of the way, he is as tall as Classics Bumblebee, mm-hmm. which uh, 
I remember people being upset paying $10 for something that short. Now people justify paying $20 for the new Bumblebee. Yeah, I mean, at least there's a through line, right? To how the price has changed between then and now. Uh, and it, it, it sounds to me, and from everything I've seen, if he held together better, like that little, you know, the Studio Series Bumblebee is transforming enough to fill out, you know, what I would call, I I just call them $15 price points because I feel like the movie toys just kind of rode the premiere edition markup to a certain degree. Right. But as a, as a deluxe, yeah. it seems like he's doing a whole bunch for a short one. He does have a involved transformation. I would, I'd say too much just because I preferred the movie toys around somewhere around movie three, where they, where there was a lot of streamlining how the transformations worked. Mm-hmm. But th- that's, my preference i might just not have enough experience transforming the toy because yeah uh in particular the panels that form the top of the car they do not like to hold together yeah is it is it a lot of just like peg and hole tab and slot stuff uh yeah it is okay i'm just i'm just gauging for like because i know that i can fix that stuff up to a certain degree well the stuff <laughs> that's is gonna for fall, myself yeah the stuff that's gonna fall apart in here the friction hinges yeah, and I, sometimes I can fix those up. I've had some good luck. Uh, I've been I've been playing around with a, a I think it's the the Gorilla Glue Super Glue that comes in the brushable container. Mm-hmm. I've been finding if you need to just build up a nub or something, I'm able to get it to do that pretty well. Um, obviously, I'm not saying this excuses problems on the figures out of the box. I'm just like this is partly for myself. No, like once you get, when you get him into robot mode, he's fine. Like. He's mm. he's kind of what I wanted. He's the you know he's the original Bumblebee design. And he doesn't have stupid battle damage paint all over him, and you know he is actually accurate to how he looks in the movie. And okay, that actually works. I hate that they changed his thighs to black randomly because like like the original promo shots they were gray, and he looks great. And now he's like he's wearing chaps. Well, you know he's he's got some bike shorts on because he was getting he was getting chafing. Getting transformation chafing. <laughs> I I, know, I, th- I think I just had such a pet peeve over Bumblebees using jet black plastic for their inner robot parts that I I'm frustrated to see it again pop up in just one spot. Hmm. I mean, he looks nice enough in the robot mode. Like it's hard to take that away from him. And like they yeah. didn't try to make a weird, uh, they didn't try to make a weird transforming arm thing out of him, so he's just it's a swappable arm for the cannon, like it's a Mega Man toy. Yeah, it sounds like they they just basically took the good idea that they swiped from the the MPM one and put into the uh, the Wave Three last night figure that I I still haven't picked up, where he's got like he's got butt storage for his his hand cannon. I mean, you call it you call it butt storage, like in vehicle mode, it's literally just hanging off the back of his bumper. Yeah, you know, well, he's an old car. <laughs> it's like, it looks like a propane tank <laughs> fell out of his trunk, and he's just dragging it down the highway. Yeah, sometimes you can't fix up those old cars right away, and you got to got to save up a few paychecks and <laughs> get on that. Um, but but okay, so I hear a ton about Bumblebee. I haven't heard loads about Stinger. Uh, again, I have to have a little bit more experience. I it, it's it's been a rough week, so I have. Yeah, yeah. I've I've only gotten a little bit of time with each of these figures. Uh, I would call Stinger better than I expected him to be. Yeah. He is cluttered. Well, you know, like the 
the most of the top of the vehicle mode is just hanging off of his right arm is a lump. Is it is it attached to his right arm or is it like a gun? That's the thing I didn't actually figure um, out. It's a att- it's attached. Like okay, you can fold I'm, it up and pr- you can f- it folds up and you pretend it's something. I guess, but I, I'm I'm more okay with that than if it just came off and folded in half, uh, which is was was my worry at first glance. No, it just kind of swings into place. Okay. Um, but beyond that, like his transformation is very different from Bumblebee. You know, like just just like the just like the way that like the front tires just fold into his chest and Ooh. tuck away nicely. Uh, no, he's he's got a lot more going on. It's not it's not just like here. <clears throat> it's not like uh, well, we just retooled a Bumblebee because hey, he's supposed to be bad Bumblebee anyway. Yeah, no, like, it's it, like I was gonna say, it sounds like that Stinger toy makes a lot of decisions that I was hoping they would make for him back in like the movie four line, mm-hmm. and like instead, like you know, the, movie four Bumblebee is a good toy. It's just like it, it's a bummer when it's literally Stinger as well, right? Um, and like you know, I someone someone I always forget Stinger has that many buzz saws on his back, but in the last episode we got a reply with an image shot, and it's like, oh yeah, the model did have that many buzz saws on his back, so that's that's mm-hmm. fine. Um. And uh, did Stinger have any any fall apart problems for you? Um, no. Like the one uh-huh. weird part about his engineering is, uh, the front the front uh, part of his car where the headlights sit end up on the top of his shoulders, mm-hmm. and there's no real place for that to plug in. Like they just kind of fold down and rest on the top of his shoulders and don't do anything. But there's no tab or peg or anything to hold them in place. So it's it's always a little it's always a little bit weird figuring out if that's where they're supposed to go, if that's right or not, but it's fine. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't hurt anything. So that's about the only looseness. Everything else felt fine. That's good to hear. He's he's the figure I wanted to hear or he's the figure I wanted to turn out well of those four. Uh and obviously like I'm hoping that the overall QC will be better in April, but um yeah uh yeah uh one of the rear view mirrors on mine didn't make it here from the factory oh mm-hmm. oh yeah i saw you tweet about that <laughs> forgot about that one uh it's it's such a bummer that that is kind of the story of the first run of those figures because like i'm not it, uh, i'm not digging that deep but like i just don't hear that much about the figures i've mostly just been hearing about how wrong they turned out for a lot of folks I think a lot of that comes from how expensive they are and how hyped this series has been. Yeah, to have this whole, like, preview, you know, and you can buy it online right now for a limited time thing. Like, having that end in these stories is absolutely not what needed to happen, you know? Yeah, not only that, it's just like the slow rollout of reveals and, like, the little leaks we've gotten here and there, the super fuzzy images. I think a lot of people are just, like, really excited, like, this is, like, the ultimate movie line. And I think that's what Hasbro's going for here. Yeah. Especially if it's guaranteed not to grow anymore. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they they have a cap. You know, the, movie, yeah, the Bumblebee movie is the final entry the, for that line. Also, yeah. Uh, also, I was just realizing, they're coming out in Japan um, a little bit later, right? Or are they coming out in Japan in April as well? 
because don't recall because Japan, even though they are using the same toys, if they're getting a later production run, that might be enough time for at least like a note to go to the factory floor. I just would love it if there was a, a clear venue to avoid some of those QC problems without having to fix it myself. Um, but I'm also really happy to hear that Stinger turned out like not just another Bumblebee. That's uh, that's already making me optimistic. Yep. Bumblebee, um, but better. Well, with that, I want to I want to flip back to Aaron to finish off the uh, the bestials from Wave Two. All right. Uh, for for those deluxes, that's what I want to hear about next. Uh, tell me tell me about them Dinobots and then that their uh, that their rip, Ripper Ripper to snap it or. So the Dinobots do a good job of becoming legs. That's what I came to understand. That's, uh, <laughs> uh, hold on, uh, I've got all of Volcanicus just getting them put right together, out of my, just pulling them out of my and kidney. I, he's <laughs> he, he's on the he's on the floor underneath everything. Ah. Um, because he's sizable. Like I wish, I I okay. I think I am going to have to get this like the upgrade kit to get hands, because the hands are so so, and you really need them on the torso to fill them out. But you also kind of need them on the backs of the feet to have balance. Oh, so it's kind of like <laughs> they're dual function, like, but I need both he, functions. He's he, he stand. It's like there's. If you want to have him stand upright really well, he's just at, like, the zero point of any lean back, and he's going over backwards. Mm. So I have him kind of posed hunched forward just a tiny bit so that he stays in front of the balance point, and it's kind of crappy in both directions. Yeah. Um. But... Uh, as far as like Sludge and Snarl go, uh, I, again they both have the like the clear plastic painted on the inside. Uh, uh, Sludge has gold and silver painted on the inside. Uh, his robot or his dinosaur mode back legs uh, have the silver, um, but Sludge is pretty much a copy of. Um, slag triceratops. Yeah, yeah. Slug. Um, now he's a slug, slug. Now, uh, with the way that most of his transformation works, um, his head chunk is a little bit different, um, because of the way that everything's in there, and then the like the dinosaur head part flips another hundred eighty degrees when you make it a limb, mm-hmm. so that it's not like he's looking upside down. Yeah, he's not. He's not um, like predicting position. Right. Uh, And Snarl has, like, a neat trick where he has... His shoulders have... They're on, like, a little pivot bar. And then also um, high-balled on that whole section. So that you get a... Like, a a pretty large range of where his arms can go. Hmm. uh, for, for, For robot mode. And then yeah, it makes it makes a big silver, gold, and red dinosaur combiner. Yeah, I um, uh, I am still the most hyped for Battle Trap and those two because I I like mm-hmm. I like my Volcanicus so far, and I I got to try out Fake Busker's arrangement where you use Slash as a torso like a, a back of torso bridging piece to hold everything together in a slightly better position. Okay, um, there's there's some so clear you, photos. So you of get that. all six of them in there. Yeah, and also yeah, you have it, to. 
it, link me those photos at some point in time. I think because she's I think, tiny. In I think comparison. PL has been been using that setup as well. Um, and Fake Busker has that setup like pretty readily available if you if you just ask for it or go search for it. And it's like it alters how the how the torso is is put together a little bit, but also like slash is is physically gripping um, the shoulders together, or she's physically okay. gripping the shoulders and then like slung around the back. Uh, yeah. And it looks great. Um, so I really want to try that out with the full team. I mean, the only issue that I really had is my sludge, the the halves don't want to to hold together uh, between the halves that make up the like the hollow um, front part of the dinosaur mode that then clam that like unclamshell I guess around, and when you tab it all together with his with the back half or the robot legs. It just kind of holds a split down the middle. It holds in place, but it's gapped. Um, Snarl has a bit better fit and finish uh, of the two of this wave. And the way that his, his... So his dinosaur tail comes up and splits and fits in a, in a really interesting way to get the the visual look together. All right. But it's it's two more of the same... And hey, if you want a giant dinosaur combiner thing, it's the other two that you have to get. Well, if I wanted a giant monster combiner and say one of those things yeah. was a walking land shark, uh, how yeah. would that guy have turned out? Um, so, again, he's... Let me put Volcanicus back away. Back into my kidneys. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, the land shark bits uh, is actually pretty interesting. Um, it, again, it's the... It is another aerial bot combiner for the the core of it. Hmm. It's the same like lower leg split apart. The way that his, his um, land shark legs have the hinge in an entirely different manner than I thought that they would. So for it, it's like a digitigrade lower leg, and the the knee is still the joint. It's not like the ankle at the back part before it comes back forward. And so it, it all pivots up to, to tab together to be then just like side of leg chunk for robot mode. Um, his, the, the biggest thing to me that is odd is the balls for his shoulders. The, the ball points of the, of that socket are on a piece that looks like it should, um, like, rotate down. So he's got a pin joint that is, that would be, like, I, I, I'm making motions here, not your shoulder, but, like, that <laughs> would... Movement? That would, like, is he that tapping would, something? <laughs> that, would imi- that would imitate, like, the, the movement that you get out of, like, your collarbone. Yeah, the shoulder roll. The, the the shoulder roll up and down. Yeah. But then it has the the way that this plastic sits and the way that there is holes in the plastic that make it look like there are fired pin joints to the, the point of like relief areas in the backside of the plastic made me sit there and try and like, oh, does this thing like rotate down? Like, does this whole chunk rotate? in order to put to make the the robot arms move to a different position for land shark mode and all i managed to do was pop out the piece of plastic 
hmm. altogether. Because the the spot that looks like it's a fired pin, there was no pin fired in it, and it all is way too solid to get anywhere. And it's like you can see when you come at it underneath one arm, you can see half of the screw that holds in the combiner port nonsense. So there's some oddity to it that I don't know if that's like there's a mold share maybe to one of the others that uses a some portion of this and then they just didn't fire a rivet in there because that's all just super solid plastic and it wasn't ever intended to be one. Yeah. I that's almost one where I'd like I kind of want to know. I could look it up, but I'll, I'll throw out the listenership for now cuz I some of these figures I kind of want to just find <laughs> outside of talking to friends about them but i wonder if that has been the case for everyone or if anyone had one that was like i don't know where that was more usable yeah because it was after the fact that i got to looking at it is where there would need to be like clearances to let it do that motion there's not there's plastic that butts up to the bottom of where that rotation would be yeah so it's not going anywhere but it was just one of those odd things i was like oh i wonder if this is supposed to swivel could clunk and then I'm like, oh, crap, I broke my brand new toy and then had to figure out, like, no, it was just it was something that was very much tabbed in place. And click, like there are four little nub tabs that hold yeah. it in place. And the only way that you're getting this thing off is if you're an idiot and pulling at it until it pops off in your hand. But no one will do that. People will yeah. experiment with it. But no, one will. yeah, yeah, um, that's but It sounds like he's interesting, at least uh, he, he is. It's it's definitely a thing that, you know. I, I'm not saying it's it's not a buy. It's there's the 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 land shark thing has good tabs on it for when it's in either connection and in either uh either the as the backpack or as the like body or uh, like head of the land shark. It has an opening mouth with painted teeth. Mm-hmm. Um so like there there's there's features through it all. I think that sure. also with 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 both he and hunger, there's this also a certain aspect of like, y'all literally said you, you, during Combiner Wars, yeah, it seems to do better if we just put the whole team in as as one wave, and then and then they like don't yeah like like the Dinobots and with Wave One I can always get it, but but to yeah. then like spread the Terracons f- between two and three, I'm like you guys, yeah <laughs> you guys, <laughs> uh. All right, well that hits all the deluxes. Um, mm-hmm. Let's end on the legends. So before then, TJ, let's let's bop back to you to talk about the other two studio series fellows. Uh, I am very interested. I've been hearing a lot of good about Crowbar, which is making me happy because that's one I also wanted to turn out well. And uh, I didn't hear a single thing about Ratchet until someone like basically went on Twitter put up a photo going like, "Here he is next to the figure everyone thinks he's a retool of. He's not." <laughs> Here you go. So I don't know much about either of those two. Um, I, I saw that on Crowbar, the the downside of his his glorious hair is that it's kind of just trailing under the back bumper in in vehicle mode. Which I'm fine with, but yeah. Well, he's got enough gappage back there underneath the vehicle mode to where you can kind of curl it up and tuck it somewhere so it doesn't show. Yeah. So you got that going for it. But yeah. Um. Crowbar for me was kind of the saving grace of the wave, mm. which I did not expect. Well, I mean, what what happened with Bumblebee? I don't think anyone was expecting. <laughs> yeah, 
Like, that was the figure I was happiest with, aside from the fact the transformation is nice and clean and relatively intuitive. Uh, yeah, the hair is a really cool detail. Mm-hmm. You know, it's super long, which works out. Uh, yeah, the transformation is just nice, solid. All the joints are really good on him. Nothing really gave me any issue on him. It actually sounds like he's better than Berserker. Uh to tell the truth because berserker was i like berserker but i got a good one and he still is kind of a butt to transform into vehicle mode mm-hmm. he's, oh. he's just got he's got jigsaw panels that don't play nice well uh i got news for everyone who's uh who been waiting for seven years to complete their dreads mm-hmm. you know, it's a it's a good finish to the set all right <laughs> I got to get my crankcases from BC back over here so I can have all the dreads together again. Because I, I bought three crankcases back then. <laughs> and I, I think I only opened one of them. So I have like two sealed crankcases. <laughs> um, well, then. Um, oh, my only bummer with him was his weapons were really bent in the package. Uh, yeah. So he has like just like, was it big bladey things? Uh, they're. Big spiky clubs with like harpoons on the top. Yeah, so it's kind of a mixture of everything pointy. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it seems. It looks like it looks like a pine cone unfolded. That seems like the kind of thing that, if shoved into a tray, would just get bent on the way over. Um, I I've been finding I, I forgot about this trick, but I've been I've been trying it out on some candy toys, some of those Shodo Ultraman, and it, it worked out pretty well so far. But if something's bent like that, if you just get like a glass of boiling water, and just like put the piece into it and let it sit there for a minute or two um that will like reset its memory or like its shape memory and then uh you pull it out and then basically without bending it again holding it in its normal shape uh sometimes gently then run it under very cold water for a bit to like refreeze the the gumminess and i've had some pretty good luck with that getting stuff unbent without having to do a lot of like kneading and working myself uh, right. The only bummer is it's like boiling water. Does boiling water does not take long, but it is just enough extra work that I'm always like, can I just do this with a hair dryer? And then I'm I'm sitting there like bending stuff over and over again. <laughs> just doing a boiling water soak is a way better thing for a soft piece. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, then the, how did how did Ratchet turn out? Because like aside from seeing he's not a retool, that's all I know about him. So he's not a retool, but he. F- it feels like he takes cues from that. Yeah. Like he has a he has a similar torso transformation where the chest the chest rotates 180 degrees like uh, uh on a uh, horizontal axis. Mm-hmm. And then the entire like the core also rotates 180 degrees. It's the dark of the moon one, right? Or was it the head? Yeah. Yeah. And like, there, because the because it's the same design, of course. There's, you know, they had the same ideas. It's just done a little bit more smoothly on this one, like how his uh, how his shoulders and kibble folds up onto his onto his the top of his arms and whatnot. Mm. But yeah, it doesn't feel like the same toy as you're goofing around with it. Yeah, so. and obviously it doesn't have like a giant mech tech weapon taking up some of the the budget as well. Right, right. And he 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 deals with his panels a little bit better, so he. he Cleans up nice. Hmm. All right. Uh. It just just to uh, finish it off. Uh, 
super loose hips on mine. Uh, are they ball socket like, joints at least? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's that's easier to tweak <laughs> than anything else. Yeah, it's yeah, it's at least fixable. Yeah. Like, but I'm, there's still in the back of my head like twenty bucks shouldn't have to fix. Yeah, the maintaining the 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 premier edition price is like. I think I can see it in these toys how they're trying to push that that envelope still, um, but the, when the build quality is like you know loose hips, missing missing rearview mirror, Bumblebee kind of tends to just fall apart at the friction hinges. It's like this is this kind of sucks for anyone who yeah. is not comfortable modifying figures, and I know that's still a, like we who modify are still not the majority, and you can never. I mean, I good. I was, I was going to say, I, I can see where they are trying to balance things out and you know, actually try and get your money's worth. You know, Ratchet's larger than the other ones, so there's a few details like the back bumper and things that aren't painted. Uh, on Bumblebee, the paint is everywhere. Like, mm. all the headlights, all the bumpers, uh, the the rims on the wheels, which I think is the first thing that gets budgeted out as far as paint goes. Oh yeah, it's always like it's like rims followed by tail lights followed by all rear of vehicle detail tends to be the pattern. Yeah, well, for his small size, Bumblebee gets a rear bumper, rear tail lights. Oh, that's cool. Headlights that are yeah, like that's warming me up to him a lot. Like if the, aside from like extra mass and transformation mush, like just upping and downing the paint here and there for the vehicle mode seems like a great way to, I guess, like, pump value up and down. But I, I just, like, I'll, I'll, like I said, it's it's never something where I'm going to say, no, the toy's fine because you can easily modify this thing, because it's like, yeah, you shouldn't have to worry about that out of the box. Yeah. Um, and, and I man, I hope they learn, they turn out better when they mass release. Cause this... Yeah, so I think the Ratchet would be a really good figure if my, you know, didn't have super floppy legs. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm st- I'm looking forward to finding them in stores. Is how I'm feeling about those four deluxes. Um, I'm feeling really happy. I didn't pull the trigger on paying the shipping. You know, to like get them in hand right away. Uh, it sounds like nearly every Canadian that I'm aware of went through the same thing. Of like, if I get two, then I'm buying two. Nope. No. <laughs> We still have a coupon till the end of March. Maybe. Maybe it'll show up in March. Um, but thanks for taking the early dive and, and uh, giving us some hands-on experience. Someone had to do it. And uh, speaking of the early dives, hands-on experience, Aaron, we can close up uh, here with the the exclusive, the hands-on look at the highly anticipated Legends Tailgate. So, you know how Tailgate in every incarnation is a repaint of Windcharger? Yeah. With usually a different head? Yeah, something like that. Exactly the same thing. Oh, holy crap. Yeah. Pre-ordering now. Even to the point of, like, I was sitting there at first thinking, like, oh, but the chests are a little bit different. No, it's just that one of them painted the chest and the other one didn't. Yeah, yeah. So that's Tailgate. (laughs) G1-ass Tailgate. Famous for getting stepped on, I think. Yeah. He's he's the other guy Mm -hmm. who got stepped on. Because really the one who got stepped on, everyone remembers, is Swerve. Mm-hmm. Tailgate yeah. was in the background of the shot getting stepped on. Uh, I think I think Tailgate was one of those that got punted trying to yeah, charge maybe. in vehicle mode. Yeah, that too. That too. He bounced, I think, once. Um, well. Yeah, because yeah, it was only Swerve that was like straight up like railroad spiked into the ground. Yeah. Man, he looked real bummed about it. 
I remember his, his expression was a pretty good, like, open mouth, like, huh? Um, well, Aaron, I, I, what else can we possibly talk about? That's uh, battle trap. Boy, um, I hate I hate all of you. By the way, every American on my timeline is tweeting a picture of combined battle trap, going like, "This toy is amazing," and I'm like, "This, I'm s- good, good, good for all of you." I'm so happy for all of you guys. Yeah, <laughs> it uh, it is definitely an enjoyable toy. Um, I think that Road Trap and Battle Slash each have some issues coming about because of their combining. But again, it's it's a case of I didn't buy this in order to have a Road Trap and a Battle Slash. I bought it in order to have a Battle Trap. Um, I kind of wish that he had a better way to deal with his blades. And I've seen a couple of the like different alternate methods of transforming his arms on his back in order to make it work and none of them are terribly great um but it's it's definitely impressive that that they did an excellent two-part combiner uh like this um well right down to like using the lower guy's head as the combining segment so you can have a waist joint out of his neck joint yep um, like that's, that's but then that but like where that leads to is on so on road trap like it took me a while to get through his transformation the first time because again it's the wonderful we're going to to take this piece of paper that starts out white we're going to just coat it in black ink and then we're going to print something in dark gray and dark purple on top of it to show you the instructions it sounds like the instructions continue to, to, to suck. To just be garbage. Because what I wasn't realizing is, like, the the part, his, like, robot chest, you have to take the panels and rotate them down to sit just behind the windows in order to make the top of the vehicle. And I was sitting there. I had everything lined up except for that, trying to figure out, like, why do I still have this giant gap? And I had to go and watch somebody else's video and go, oh, well, that's entirely obvious and dumb. Why didn't I notice that? Um, <laughs> and so then, but then you just end up with like the battle trap hips and thighs and and road traps head just hanging out on the back of the car. And so then like you you turn his head around and then flip it kind of underneath the back of the back of the car. So it's a thing that's like there are two or three different ways that are kind of weird um, in order to make it all work like that. Mm. Um, Same thing with battle slashes like his his hips are definitely the birth and hips um, in order to 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 make for good shoulders. Um, well, they're also like something about the curvature really works for me though, because mm. like I don't know, they're <laughs> he he looks like he works out. Yeah, it, it does. <laughs> it's just like between the like cool cover art and everything makes him look more dynamic, and then like the actual photos, just he's he's the very husky kid that's getting the second serving of fries. Mm. Um, but it it this is like. The best way to put it is I would not buy one of these. 
Yeah. I, well, it, it, yeah. It, is, it, it, is, it is a pair that you purchase, and woe to you if you get to the store and somebody has bought one of them. That's where you try to find out who that monster is. Yeah. And, like, you take it away from them? Because they, they, that's monstrous. Mm-hmm. That's just... Yeah. All right. Um, so that I guess that, that does it for our what we got this week. Because I, I have a thing, but it's not that important. And we, we have cleared three hours, which we haven't done, done in a good while. Quite a while, yeah. So uh, I think I'll I think I'll just I'll just slam this one shut for now. Um, so thank you all for joining us for some more Toy Fair, for some Power Rangers, for some what we got, and for some patting ourselves on the back at the start because uh, we have cleared 500 numbered episodes, uh, so 500 weeks for sure of uh, WTF and TFW, um, and just got to sort out when you know when abouts that actual 10th anniversary is. But uh, boy howdy, um, I, I have no more goals with this podcast. Aside from it's fun to do, and I feel very okay about that. I used to have all these different goals, and then I was, eventually I was like, you know what? What if I just make it to 500 episodes? And like, you know, okay, well we did that. Um, easily one could say, well we're gonna get to a thousand, but I'm like, nah, I just don't. That doesn't excite me as much as the uh, 500 felt un- unobtainable a couple of years ago, and now we've we've gotten there. So I, I don't know what to do other than to keep talking about Transformers. Nah. <laughs> uh, so TJ and Aaron, thank you for joining me for this long. Um, it, it's a lot. Thank, thank, thanks for joining me this long. I know it's been it's been uh, longer than you expected to have to spend ten years behind a microphone. Um, someday you'll get to go home. You know, don't don't worry. Uh, for now, though, we're gonna put you back into the into the talent closet. Um, but you know, to celebrate five hundred episodes, I've got you both a pillow. Oh boy, uh, one pillow. You have to figure out who gets it. You know, mm. but uh, you know, you, you're welcome. By the way, wow. Not even a thank you for the pillow. Um, I don't know any other any other thoughts you guys want to throw out there about 500 episodes, or is that just too difficult um, to, to process? I when we started this, I had no idea that we would be doing it this long, and I still enjoy doing it, which is odd. Maybe <laughs> I thought I'd be sick of you people yeah. years ago. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I wasn't sure if Transformers would still be interesting to talk about this this much this much time later. Mm-hmm. Um, but it turns out we it turns out that live action movie thing actually went on for quite a while. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it just wouldn't die. Like we weren't even podcasting during the. I wish that we had some pre live action movie era podcasting because like it really is such a different time to think about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's definitely a chapter of Transformers fandom history that is straight up missing from this podcast. Um, like we reference it a lot, but the, I want to say the test recordings were before the live action movies. And I wish that, I wish that, uh, those were around somewhere, um, before this became this project. Cause at least there was this period where you could hear us talk before the live action movies existed. And I think that would have been interesting, but I don't, I, I don't, I didn't record any of those. I was just on one. So I, I don't know whatever happened to those. Uh, but anyway, Thank you all for listening, especially you've been listening since the beginning, because now I've been with you for a decade of your life. How's that feel? Oh, God. Uh, but in the meantime, um, we'll be back with some more Transformers. If there's no more, hopefully there's no big news in the next couple of weeks so that we can like get to listener questions again, because just skipping them for like two weeks, not including the one that we threw in today. I have nine I haven't even added to the dock yet. 
Uh, okay. So we, we need to we need to maybe pile drive some of those. But whenever whenever I say that, then we get a big news dump uh, before we get a chance to. So uh, look forward to all the news. You can thank me later. Uh, in the meantime, thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you later. As always, please uh, stay safe and enjoy your robots. But you got some badass perpetrators and they're here to stay.